Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, student of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Kia Podcast. I am your host, as always, Alex here, alongside me, the inside of the insiders, Tyler Keel. Hello, world! How are we today? I am good. How about yourself? Alrighty then. Not so bad. I just took that from Jim Carrey. Alrighty then. Can I put a copyright sign down here somewhere? Count it! However, I think we should mention before, if you want to join the conversation and talk about the show, post-show after you listen to it, be sure to go down below right to your bottom left here and go to the at the cool podcast because we have our own social media page for this now. Yes, it's we do. It's not just me promoting this because God forbid that one person on the show promotes it. Okay, my Instagram <laughs> is dedicated to me. Basic. Got it. And you can also, of course, if you want to follow our stuff right here, you can go bing, bang, walla, walla, bing, bang. My point right. Uh, uh, I think I'm pointing the right walla, spot. Bing, here's my Twitter ooh, and here's your Twitter. Uh, uh, ching, ching, walla, walla, bing, bang. And um, yeah, because uh, we have our own Twitter now. That's where we're going to get most of your information now, whether it's the videos, whether it's updates of what we're going to be doing. We already have a few followers, which is impressive. Then again, a couple of our followers joined our, our guys that are on our show today because we have guests today. We've got... Multiple guests. Well, today. okay, just two, just two. I mean, it's not like it's a ma- multiple. It's not like we've a, only like ever had. We've only ever had one guest before, and we've only had last time we had. We've Thomas, only had two guests total. Steve Dangle. So we've had two guests Both times, one person at a time. And Thomas will be joining us here in a couple minutes. He's actually gonna call right in. And we're gonna jump right in with him. We're gonna have ourselves a gentleman caller. We're gonna what? A gentleman caller. Can you never say that ever again? A gentleman caller. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. It's not. Third time's a lady with a gentleman caller. Nobody's gonna call to our show now, thanks to you. Um, However, there has been some things that have been going on recently. Uh, Do we want to talk about the China game first or the signings? So we've been doing signings all year. Let's talk the China game first. Okay, because we may not get to that by the time. I think by the time Thomas calls, which he's probably waiting by his phone right now, waiting for seven o'clock to hit. Right now, Calgary and Boston are in China. They're playing a couple of games, uh, like Vancouver and oh my gosh, who did else last? Vancouver and was, was it Ottawa? Boston? No, was it wasn't Boston. It wasn't yeah. Ottawa? It was Vancouver and someone else. Anyways, uh, it's the attempt of the NHL trying to grow the league, which is really good, I think. No, it's not growing the league; it's growing the game. Sorry, I'm checking my phone here because I have a text message. Just making sure that's nothing important. Um, uh, the last game yesterday, uh, Boston won in a shootout. Um, just making sure I got nothing important here. Hey man, what's up? How is your day? How's this thing gonna work? Uh, yeah, 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 good there, Bob. Uh, we're gonna, Alex, uh, you quickly talk about the game here. I gotta make sure our guest is, uh, all set here. Okay, so, for, I didn't watch the entire game. I watched highlights, obviously, because, you know, it's the China game, and I think... Yaroslav Halak looked really well. He did! And even and though he's wearing a white bucket. By all, well, of course. Well, yeah, until he gets his uh, custom bucket in. <clears throat> Halak with the white bucket, he looked pretty good. You know, it was a pr- pretty competitive game. Uh, like you said, it went to a shootout. So, obviously, and it wasn't it wasn't all the big stars from both teams. But then again, well, I mean, for Boston, there's far more stars than you would say for Calgary, um, seeing that there was a trade. Yes, Carolina Crusades. Yeah, your Crusades are right. But... It was overall good game, you know, stereotypical preseason, nothing too heavy, nothing too hard. You know, you don't have people killing each other. You don't have people going after fights. I will admit, uh, Gillies for Calgary really disappointed me. He didn't have the strongest game, and the shootout wasn't the greatest. But uh, I'm Calgary, their offense is, it's going to be everything in front of the goaltending. Now, whether or not um, Mike Smith, like we said, that was the biggest thing was Mike Smith. It's going to be interesting on how that goes. 
Um, just texting our guest here. Okay, we're good. And, oh, wait, we have to stop now because we have our first guest here. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up from In The Box Podcast, Thomas Biondo. Well, that, that's, that's mighty kind of you, but that's a little much. Well, I, I, think it, I think it wasn't as bad as our first one. Our the first one, it was, oh, he does D1 Hockey at Danforth University. He's in that box podcast. Look at him and go, Thomas Biondo. We yeah, love well, you. I mean, I just, you were a little grandiose there. Come on, my man. We're, we're all just having a good time. We oh, are. yeah. And, oh, by the way, Thomas, there is an, a little bit of uh, audio because we were doing a test earlier to make sure we had everything all set up here. Alex decided to do an impression of you here. Well, I had to make so sure we that had it was to, accurate. We had to make, so we did an impression of you, so I'm going to send it to you, and then you can come out here on Saturday, and you can find him and beat him. So, cause uh, it was, I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. Wow. Even <laughs> more than me, even calling the game, so this should be a great first trip to Grand Rapids. Let's do it. Exactly. All I'm saying is this, is we had to make sure it was an accurate test, and we, oh, had, we, we just had to get the sound levels right. Well, I, I mean, I, I understand... I, I, I'm pretty loud. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be, I'm expecting something that's very close to screaming, in which case I can't even, I can't even argue with that. Can't even be angry with it because I know how I sound, so. Well, that sounds about right then, but. I, I, I'll give it a listen, and Alex, no promises, nothing bad's going to happen to you, but you know what? I do have to, I do have to be honest with who I am as a person. That's okay. Exactly. I, I'm up for a fight if you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're up for a fight. You'll run. You'll, you'll post on Instagram about it, you basic. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know, on second thought, I don't know, fighting in school grounds is probably not a good idea, but we'll, 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 we'll see at, hey, at Pat- hey, we're at Patterson. There is no, that's not school grounds. That's just the rink we run out of. That is that's, true. So we there can, isn't just that. We can, we can, I'll take in the Zamboni room and you guys will have a, we got it. Uh, but I think we should uh, dive Let's get into down to business. Let's do it. First things first, obviously we're going to talk about the Atlantic Division with you here today. We're going to start with the Ottawa Senators, but before we really get into the team that they have now, the Eric Carlson trade. I remember sure. when you came on last time, that was the biggest thing was how hasn't it happened yet? It's happened yeah. now. What do you think? What what Did Ottawa really get anything in return, or is this just another trade that Pierre Dorian had to make because he felt pressured to? Uh, I, it, I really believe it's 97% the second part. A, a pressure deal that he just wanted to get something. I even find it hard to believe that San Jose offered the best package because I, what did it end up being? I, I know a prospect. I, I, I the, the guys, the, the players, most of them have already made an appearance, and I, and I don't think San Jose really expected much from them. So I, I you know, the, um, the Balsi, Balsier, I'm pronouncing that wrong. I know that, but yeah. I, I believe he had played some on their fourth line even. And there was not a lot, uh, Rudolph Balsiers, yeah, I don't think there was really a whole lot expected of him anyway. Uh, if Norris pans out, I mean, I guess, but I, I really just think that this was kind of a, all right, we are cleaning house, um, and we are really just going to end up getting the house as clean as we can as quickly as possible. Well, going back, we're kind of talking about the Eugene Melnick interview. You know, he was talking about how, you know, right now, 15 guys on the ice are going to be... The you know, fans the, are excited. The, the, the fans the, are excited. The, the sponsors are excited. Are excited. Oh, I'm excited. It's a beautiful cycle. But basically going Wait, on Th- to... Thomas, have you seen the Melick interview that kind of went on social media? Have you heard uh, of it? I'm surprised I haven't, but... You have to look it up. It is honestly great because it's Melnick and a really old, like, Alfredson-looking Sen sweater 
just BSing his way with a player. The, his, he's such a bad player, I don't remember his name. <laughs> Ex-senator from some year. Yes. But basically, he's talking about how this upcoming season, he's expecting just about roughly half to, uh, I want to say, four-sixths of the team being, uh, you know, young guys, more prospects, bringing people in from uh, the AHL farm team that they got there. And then, obviously, with a player like Carlson, they wanted to get the want to get prospects, obviously. So I, they didn't get a whole lot, though. So I think, do you think it was, even though it wasn't very fruitful, that it was still a smart trade? Or what, what are your thoughts on uh, what possibly San Jose got out of it? What, the only thing, the only, I'll spin it positive. Here's the only thing I can do is I, I can maybe see a situation or a scenario where it ends up being a positive is that it's not going to hang around all season. The question is not going to be there all year. And I think that is a, that's a plus. I think any organization that has to deal with when and if our star player is going to be traded while trying to play is going to weigh on the team. And that's now something they don't have to worry about. And the same thing kind of goes, it's kind of why I'm going to, I'm going to compare it to, I'm going to throw in Hoffman in there is that maybe, and I'm guessing you know, in a, in a locker room where you wouldn't imagine that there were sides picked, but maybe there were somehow. Now you've cleaned out both both parts of the incident, both halves of the of the parties that were that that caused the rift. And in in a long run, maybe that's the only positive way I can spin it is that's just by saying, okay, we're going to move on from both of you. Now we can just focus on having a healthier locker room and maybe being a better product on the ice. I, I can't foresee that, but that would be the only scenario where I could see Ottawa kind of actually taking a step forward with what they've done. So, obviously, you're talking about losing Mike Hoffman. That was a huge part of their offense, but they still have Mark Stone for at least a year. Matt Duchesne seems really adamant. For some reason, Matt Duchesne kind of seems like, all right, I want to be here because he feels like he went on press saying, hey, we could surprise some teams, which anyone can. I mean, Vegas just did it, but that's a whole nother plethora of magic voodoo wizardry um but they also they bring in brady kachuk in sure bobby ryan's old and he's kind of looks like he's out of his prime but you never know with a guy like that could the could there be any offensive pressure from the sands this year that can maybe help them win some hockey games no but that's not ottawa's game remember they 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 have a you know right now they're still with guy boucher which has always been let's win one to nothing mr one three one yeah yeah, uh, and so I think that if they're there, if if Craig Anderson can find some two years ago form somewhere, um, last year he the numbers weren't good at all. If he can find his, his form that led this team to the to the conference finals, there's you know I think that that gives this team a lot of hope because I think no, even if Carlson and Hoffman were still on this team, I think they're still going to try to win every game two to one. So right. I, I think with the with the style of play, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at some projected line charts, and they've got um, you know Magnus PRV, somebody picked up from waivers right now as a third line left winger. I, I mean, I don't know if Magnus has been a top nine forward his entire career, and now they're going to rely on him to be a top nine. Yeah, so I mean, that's so. that just gives you an idea of, of where they are up front uh, and depth wise, and two injuries, and they're going to be in a whole world of trouble, especially with Peugeot already down. Right. Boy, we didn't even mention that. 
J.G. Pajot out for six months with a torn Achilles while he was during a physical testing? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, that shows uh, how prepared you are coming into camp. Or that just shows how cursed the, the franchise might be right now. But well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Either that or, I mean, if for, you know, I, so that's, again, finding scenarios where Ottawa could be successful, cleaning just all remnants of bad out of the locker room, and then getting Craig Anderson back to form so that they can win two one hockey games. I, that's the only way I could possibly see it happening because they're they're not going to win any five four hockey games, or if they do, it, it would shock me. Right, and obviously talking about Craig Anderson, obviously you want him to be back in his you know post or well pre form of being you know that one that one goalie that the franchise could just completely depend on send out every single game, but obviously with. What's happened? What's happened to him off ice? Hopefully, you can think that maybe with has time has passed, he can kind of get over that. But kind of yeah. switching over a little bit to the east, um, you know, where eventually the Ottawa Senators moved to Quebec City, so the team a little to the west of them. Right. <laughs> so it's gonna happen, guys. Yeah, no, it's I. It kind of makes some sense because I mean, even during that conference final run, they weren't selling out their building, so <laughs> they took out seats the next season. They did. It, Yes, you don't. How 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 many times do you think you've heard in your life that a a, 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 a stadium actually removing seats is just un- unbelievable? Well, Arizona had to sell out, but Arizona sold out because when they played the Wings, because well, they were Wings fans, right? Right. Yeah. No, Arizona. I'm sorry, I should have put the asterisk up, not including Arizona in this conversation either. Arizona's <laughs> own thing, right? But kind of moving on to the Montreal Canadiens, the back ends of the Hab or the Habs have been weak to say the least. And obviously, Shea Weber is going to come back eventually. But do you even think with Shea Weber coming in, do they does does it make them any better? Well, yeah. I mean, when Shea Weber gets healthy, it's obviously going to make the lineup better. The the problem is, I I believe Weber's the the projection is six months, um, and that was from July. So I mean, let's say he's back, you know, on New Year's Day. Um, you know, you've already played, uh, most teams have probably by New Year's have played a good 30 to 35 games, probably closer to 30 games. I think that's a fair assessment, right? Right. I would, agree. right. I would agree with that. Um, I, you know, if they can, it, again, talk about goaltenders finding their way. I mean, if Carey Price can find the Carey Price that played the first, what, 10 games two seasons ago before he got hurt and, and Montreal had like the worst 60 game stretch of any team in NHL history. Um, if they can find that, maybe they survive. Uh, again, here's a team where I question, I don't know where their scoring is going to come from. Um, I like Thomas Tatar. He's fine. But I don't know if he's somebody, you know, his best games are played with Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. And that's a pretty good forwards and right neither, there. So and and to get him the puck. And I don't know if, if, if Montreal's got anybody that can do that. Well, there is, well... Max Domi was the big piece coming back in the Galchenyuk trade, and that's another trade that Mark Bergevin made that should have got him fired. Yeah. And, I mean, can he really... I mean, well, there's also Nick Suzuki. There's there's this young prospect coming in, Nick Suzuki, uh, from Vegas in the Pache trade. Do you think he gets a chance to go to the... Do you think he goes to the main roster, or do you think he just stays in Halifax for another year? Um, I think that one of the two, and I, and I know this, I, I hate to kind of skirt the question, but I think one of the two between him and, and their draft pick this year, Kasperi Kakakemini, if that sounds right, that's uh, it was, yeah, it was Kaki, it Kaki, 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 Kaki Yeah, that, 
that, that, that the one, oh yeah, you know what, Naomi at the back, I should have got that. Anyway, with, with those two, I think one of the two will be up, and I think it will be sooner rather than later. Because, I mean, how many years in a row does it seem like Montreal's been looking for a number one center? I mean, doesn't it just seem like, you know, five, six years before, I mean, they traded for Drouin with the idea that they were going to make him a center. I didn't, you know, what idea, I don't, again, logic there, considering he's a winger. Well, that coach ain't there anymore, so. Right, well. I'm sorry. I mean, kind of looking at what training camp has held for the Montreal Canadiens, it seems like they're trying to push Max Domi to kind of fill that quote-unquote yeah. number one center spot. And I mean, I would be all for it because he has that potential. He can play the center position. He's, he just, he he's just done it before. Put, he just hasn't put the numbers up yet. But then again, let's be let's be honest, he was in Arizona. Right, he's, right. Got, he's got a new opportunity. He's got new players. And I really, part of me hopes that they put Domi and Tatar together because I feel like those two may or may not click. Hoping on May. Hoping it, on May. it would be beneficial to them for them if they do because then you're looking at Druin who I think could help Deneau have better numbers. Right. And maybe this team can can still can find more scoring than my project. They've got they've got a lot of pieces. I mean Gallagher could bounce back. I, I mean there, there's some guys, you know, maybe Placanich finds a fountain of youth, which I wouldn't, you know, hold my breath on. No. You know, Houdon has had has had flashes. I, I, I just again I there's some scoring but I just don't see enough scoring, kind of like with the Senators. Right, and kind of kind of moving things along toward, towards a team that also doesn't do a whole lot of scoring. Let's talk about Buffalo real quick. Well, we don't know that yet. Well, well, we'll get we'll get into it. So, uh, what do you you had a question there, Alex? I did. Um, so, talking about Buffalo, Carter Hutton. Do you think, as being completely honest with everyone here, do you think he's ready to become a full fledged NHL? starter if you haven't by age basically 33 i have a hard time believing you will but here's here's the thing that i'm going to tell you with that what buffalo did is they kind of hedged their bets and in in terms of they only paid him 2.75 million which is that's that's not a lot at all yeah that's a good deal so i i mean if there's some way that they can get their hands on a on a six million dollar goaltender you know, I, I feel like you kind of want your, your your netminders to be right around somewhere, I'd say, like 8 to 10. I mean, closer to th- it's going to be closer to 10. But, you know, 8 to 10 is basically what your netminders are going to be. Well, for so top guys, yeah. get a $6 million goaltender, if, if, if Hutton doesn't work out, they aren't really killing themselves on the cap. So they're going to give him a go, obviously. And if he can, great for them. But if not, they've left themselves enough of an out where they didn't pay him six million a year. Right. They paid him basically nine million total for three, and I think that's a that's a way for them to to, to get around it if he isn't ready or if he isn't really going to be can handle a number one load. So this is an and with with the trades they made too. I mean, they lost Robin Leonard, which wasn't really their starter. They lost Ryan O'Reilly. But they get Rasmus Dahlin and they get Matt Hunwick, so they have a, a, a slightly you know good mix of young and young and veteran defensemen, and they have young guys up front uh, with like Sam Reinhart, who I think maybe resigned. He's still in talks, I think. Um, oh my goodness, I'm missing the guys. And Casey Middlestat uh, from the U.S. team, he's really good. Are the Sabers finally ready for improvement? Are they are they going to finally get out of the cellar, or are they finally going to? Are they going to sit there and hope maybe they get Jack Hughes again? Um, I, I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. If it, if it doesn't happen with this roster, 
I don't know if it'll have happen for them. Because I actually do like their roster. I, I, I think that they, they brought in, they have made themselves a better team that now, it, it's not, you know, they were playing with, with Michael Kane and uh, what other youngster with teenager, teenager du jour basically on the top line. And, you know, they didn't really have any veteran leadership to, to look at. And I, and I do value that a lot. And now, you know, with, with, with Pominville and, and, and Sabotka and the, the guys that they brought up from St. Louis, I think that's good. O'Reilly said he lost his interest in playing hockey. So good job getting rid of him. Um, and it's a credit that you actually got a couple of, thir- you know, you know, I've seen some projections where their entire third line is going to be walking over from St. Louis. Sabaka, Berglund, and, and Thompson. So, you know, I like the moves that they've done. I really do. Um, and, and so I got to believe that if this, if they can't do it with this group, I are they the, uh, they might be the Cleveland Browns in the NHL, where it's just no matter what they do, nothing, it's just never going to be right. I mean, at least the Cleveland Browns broke the 13-year streak of the first week being a loss. Will it tie? Did okay. it tie? I saw uh, this. Don't, yeah, let's not digress into, into that whole mess because they had only seven chances to win that one and five chances to win the next week. But yes, well, you're exactly right. I did see a video or post on Facebook. Apparently, there's a video of Cleveland Brown fans down in New Orleans on Bourbon Street holding kicker tryouts. Oh yeah, that was that an was, actual thing. That was awesome. And they and they waited too long because the Vikings, uh, uh, the difference between a good franchise and a bad franchise, went out and got Dan Bailey today and didn't even give Cleveland an opportunity and that's what good franchises do but anyway well because they were waiting for the for the drunken Browns fans to hopefully come up and practice with the team oh that's what it was yeah okay yeah I'm sure that's what it was but you know Cleveland fans the Bourbon Street kicker Cleveland fans are just too cheap to fly uh, you know during the (laughs) midday so they wouldn't they had to wait a day well if if Cleveland's looking for a kicker Houston Texans just Cut a really nice pro that's okay, been in the league. Okay, Pat McAfee fan. I'm just saying he's got good news. <laughs> good news. But let's 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 keep her moving. Keep her moving. Okay. Yep. Going uh going to Boston. Sticking with the B teams. Uh, the Bruins. The bad teams. Sure. Yeah, bad teams. Okay. <laughs> Even though technically the Boston Bruins. You know what? We're not talking about it. Here's why I, I, I'm going to cut you off right now. Here's why Boston won't be bad is that as long as that top line plays at least 60 games, that top line is so good oh, together. Yeah, there's absolutely. No, there's no question. And I, I mean, they're they're going to – because because that division, the bottom four in that division are question marks, the only team that they really have to worry about is Florida passing them, and I don't think Florida's going to do enough or did enough to bridge the, the 16-point gap difference that they had. Get ahead of us, Thomas. We're I'm sorry. Get, we'll get there. We'll get to Florida. No. Listen, I again, Florida's a team on the rise, and I like them, but I just I don't think they're going to pass the Bruins, and I, I think a lot of it literally is just because their kids do so much. You know, Corrali and Akari, these guys still are where, you know, scored big playoff goals for them. You still have to worry about Marsha and Bergeron and Pasternak up front, Krejci and Backus together holding down the second line, and they've got you know, four defensemen that would could be, you know, number one on a lot of teams in this league. So, I, I you know, I think Boston, there may be a drop off a little bit. You know, maybe one one twelve isn't happening, but I would be shocked if this still wasn't a 100-plus point team. Well, right. I mean, obviously talking about how, <clears throat> you know, the first line does play 60-plus games a year. Play 20 minutes a night. Right. Yeah. 
they didn't make any drastic changes over the offseason. And me personally, I don't think they really need to. I think, Tyler, you kind of agree with me on that one. But Well, for the regular season, yes. Right, but after that Leaf series, they really seem to just, like, drop off the hinges and just fall apart. Do you think that... They look tired, is what we're trying to say. So, Thomas, do you really think that before the trade deadline that they may need to make some moves or some investments to kind of give a little bit more leeway to actually stay, A, healthy, and B, energetic towards the uh, playoffs? Yeah, I do, actually. You know, and if they wait to the deadline all the way to the deadline, I, I, I don't think that's too late. But they definitely need to do something. The roster is, it, it's a fine roster and it's a playoff roster, but I don't think it is a, 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 a conference final roster right now. That's a fair assessment. Um, yeah. I wonder, and I, and I don't, I don't know, this is really is a rhetorical question. Were they expecting or hoping at some point Rick Nash may turn it, turn uh, change his mind and still play? Um, oh yeah, I forgot. He, yeah, there's another player. I totally forgot. That's just not going to be there. Rick Nash. Right. It just didn't resign, and and you know they have high expectations for uh, uh, Ryan Donato. So you know there's your who looked, who there's some good really and, and Jake DeBrusque has shown some things. So you know I young and good. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm on board with it. I just I, I I do agree. I think that they will need if they don't. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there right that's still left unsigned that can really help them. So it's pretty much going to have to be a trade. Right. They're, they're going to be a playoff team. I think this roster is a playoff roster, but I, I don't think it's much further than a conference final roster. And I also wonder if it's just in more towards, you know, looking tired, was Tampa Bay just that much better than them? That's po- that's well, a quite possibility. And like I said, we'll get to them, obviously. But there, that's just that was a series that you could just see Boston just looked so down in the dumps. Yeah, and, and, and again, I mean, it's just the, the depth, that's it, what depth does. And I think depth, you know, just, I think it's just ram out. When, when your third line is, is as dangerous as your first, which it, it some stretches it during the, the playoffs that was in Tampa, it, it might have just been too much for the for the, for the Bruins. Right. And so you were, you were talking earlier <clears throat> about who seems to be the dark horse of Every hockey mind in the East. The team that missed the playoffs last year by one point miraculously on the back of backs of Roberto Luongo and James Reimer. The Florida Panthers. <laughs> the Florida Panthers. So, obviously, acquiring Mike Hoffman was a phenomenal thing for them in the entire franchise. Phenomenal? Gift. Yep. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> so, do you think... In, in name alone, yes. <laughs> like, there's obviously... You can't acquire... With all that went down, and I hate, I, like I brought it up four times, and I hate to do that, but I mean, this is some pretty weird stuff that happened between him and Carlson and, and the wives. Right. So you you have to make sure. You, so the name and the talent, yeah, throw them in the lineup, gotta love it. Yeah. Like, there's gotta be that little bit of, the, we're not gonna mess up the dressing room, right? We're still gonna be okay here, right? And it, and I think that if they do, if, that's, if it's a non-issue... I, the top two are as talented as any top two is, is at least in their division. They right. really are. I mean, it's they don't have the necessarily maybe the superstar in there, but boy, the balance of that top two lines are really, really good. And, and you got to look at the fact that the Panthers know what they're buying into. They they made that trade with San Jose. There may have been some under the table dealings that San Jose said, "Hey, we'll get Hoffman. We'll give him to you." Yada yada yada. The whole Dorian didn't want to trade within the division bit, yeah. but. They, they knew that what they were getting. They knew they were getting a really good player, but they knew there was this baggage that 
may have been worked out. Maybe it's still there. We don't know. Maybe something will surface. I don't know. But I think just adding more to their offense, because there were times when Barkov went cold when, you know, the guys down there, they, they can't, you can't expect those guys to score every night. That's why you need depth scoring. And I think adding Hoffman really helps them. Newly crowned captain, Barkov. Yes, Alexander. And, yep, there's another new captain. Yep. And and honestly, I, there's a term that I like to use. It's called perceived depth. Where if you know right now they've got you know in some of the projections I'm looking at it, you know they've got the, the Barkoff with Bukestead and Dannenoff uh, and then Hoffman with with Trocheck and Huberto, but you also could divide them into three twos, and then put you know, maybe not as talented winger, but more of a grinded grinder winger on them on the wings. And just that, that could create a lot of trouble if they, and, and create a, a perceived depth where now you're a three line team because your third line might have Hoffman and Huberto on it, or it might have Danidoff and Trochek on it because, and then you're, you're pairing off with like guys like with Brower and Vetrano and Colton Sevier and, and, and so that's another reason why I really like this roster is because, yeah, the top six is good, but then they can kind of divide into a top nine that might make them even more dangerous. Right. <clears throat> so kind of going towards the back end, we'll, we'll, we'll work our way back to the goalies real quick. Aram Ekblad, still one of the top defensemen in the NHL, if not the entire game of hockey. Um, is he all that's there in Florida? At least on the Blue Lions' perspective. Is, that, is he all that they have? Um, I still like Yandel. I mean, let's, he's kind of, I'm going to equate, equate him to Mike Green, just in terms of, yeah, you obviously don't, I don't know if you want him down there, you know, with a one goal lead with a minute to play. Um, I don't know if he's your best alternative to keeping said lead. Um, I like Mike Matheson. Madison, I think the more he plays, I think the more he's going to get kind of settled into things. I mean, he played 80 games, averaged 21 minutes a night. Um, so, that, you know, that's going to kind of help. Um, would they benefit from a fourth defenseman? Absolutely. But again, I think, you know, assuming that Luongo still kind of has this fountain of youth and he can continue to have it put up good, solid numbers, then I think that can cover some of the mistakes of, of the other three defensemen or the, the other two pairing, if you will. And, and they can, they can get over it. Well, and that was one thing I was actually going to ask is, do you think Luongo has this fountain of youth? And cause there, there were games especially against Toronto, because for some reason everyone wants to play the Leafs, they just turn up their game to 11. Does he, has he just found this ability to keep playing, or or do you think it's going to fizzle out eventually? What do you think? You know, I, I, don't, I don't remember, and I, I, and, I, and I don't like just saying words and speaking off the cuff. I, you know, I don't think that there was a super big drop-off. You know, there was never really, like... You know, in, in, in 16, 17, you know, the number of games played, sure. You know, that's the concern, I think, is injury more than it is necessarily, um, you know, falling off. Because, he, you know, since 13, 14, the, the combo season where he, you know, played with both Vancouver and Florida, he's had a goals against that or a save percentage of over nine, basically nine one five was his lowest season. He, um, or in terms of save percentage, I, I beg your pardon. And then in goals against average, he had kind of a dud year in 16-17 with a 2-6-8, which is kind of high. But the two years before that, he was 2-3-5. So I don't, you know, there wasn't like this massive drop-off for him. I I think the concern more is health. And if he can stay healthy, I think the numbers will be there. That's definitely true. So uh, we're going to move up into the panhandle here, talk about 
what everyone's pointing at, the team that's supposed to win in the last number of years, I would have to say, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, probably the biggest news this offseason, at least at least recently, with exception to Carlson, I would say, is Steve Eisman stepping, quote-unquote, stepping aside and yeah. losing his role. What I have my theories, my conspiracy theories in my brain, you know, my freaky-deaky brain. He's not coming yeah. to Toronto, first and foremost. Okay, not Toronto. We don't need him. We have to do this. What do you think is going on with Iserman right now? Is there do you do you think there's a thought process behind this? What are your thoughts? I I, I mean the I can't see him not. I I don't want to sound like a homer, but I just I don't know why you leave that situation to go anywhere else but home. I mean, you his wife I mean? and kids are there. Well, I mean he. So yeah, you're right, Thomas. He is from Ottawa, so I mean he yeah, did up okay. there. Right. <laughs> his, daughter, his daughters, I believe, uh, one is at Michigan. I think the other might be at Michigan State or may not be in college yet. But I know he's got a daughter at Michigan. He never sold the house when he left. And the family, from what I understand, the majority of it's here in Detroit. Uh, you know, Ken Holland is under fire seemingly the last five years. But he did just sign a two-year contract. Right, and just think about how perfect that works out where Eisman sends, spends one year working with, um, you know, down in Tampa, kind of grooming his replacement, and then him and Ken Holland work together for a year up in Detroit before Ken Holland gets booted upstairs when his contract expires. I, I, I just can't see it. I, I Now, if I, was from, if I was from Ottawa or if I was from, you know, Washington, could I see something different? Maybe. But I, it just doesn't make sense because, honestly, be, because as a credit to him, he's done such a good job in Tampa where they are young and they are exciting and they are good. I don't know why you'd necessarily want to walk away from that unless it had more personal reasons to it. I, I completely agree with you. And kind of going off what you just said, they are so good and they have so much talent and so much experience with you. The Lightning we're talking about, not Detroit. Ob- well, obviously, because, well, with That's Detroit, we don't, they don't have a whole lot of experience, if you know what I'm saying. Or get yeah. But you you have Vasilevsky, you have Victor Hedman, you've got Tyler Johnson, you've still got Steven Stamkos locked up for how long? Kucherov, Kalorn. The list goes this on and on and on. star team. Is this the year for them? Did they finally put the ring on the finger, pick up what's left of the Stanley Cup after the Washington Capitals destroyed it, and, and put their mark in history? Do, is this the year for them? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go bold and say, yeah, um, they, they were, I, I read a couple things after they, they got knocked out by the Capitals and, and I believe it was Kucherov and Stamkos that, that had the quotes about how they were just shocked that this wasn't supposed to happen. You know, this, this, this was their year and they, they you know, I, they're, they were just how shy and I hate to use the same word, but just, they were shocked. They, they couldn't believe it, that, that it had happened. And. And you know what? They've had the heartache, and and it's just so weird how teams just have to. You, you got to battle through it. So in in 06, or, you know, in sixteen they lose in the Cup Finals. In 07, in, in, in 017. in seventeen they missed the playoffs by one. You know, I think it was by a point when half their roster was beat up for a third of the season. Only missing the playoffs by a point was a hell of a, a, a an accomplishment. And then last year, the, the kind of shock when they think they have it all together. I think that that's going to be that extra little chip, and I it would not surprise me at all to see Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup this year. Well, this is, and I'm going to move up to one of the teams I'm going to mention here. This is kind of like 
how the Wings were in the early 90s before they finally won. And then for us, the Leafs in the early 2000s with Matt Sundin and Kurt Joseph. They, they were so close. Obviously, the Wings were able to win a cup and the Leafs were sort of the thing and stuff. And lockout happened and it screwed us over. But Tampa just seems like they're in that, that kind of that same boat of they're close, but you can see that it's there. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it, the depth of, of the fact that, you know, in five years, their best defenseman may be somebody who's only playing 15 minutes a night this year in Sergachev. I mean, that's how good that they are. You know, it, it, it's just the the, the depth is, uh, you know, there's depth there too because, right, you know, Callahan's going to start on the injured list, so you're going to be able to bring Callahan up or when he's out, you know, if you lose a Ford, you're replacing him essentially with Callahan. I, you know, they've got guys like Bourneville that have played in the league and, and Dumont um, up front. The, there's just, I mean, they can almost afford to lose a defenseman. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, you figure Slater Cuckoo is the next man in. And, and, and that's fine because everybody can just play two extra minutes because they're all that capable of it. And they've had to do it in the past. So, I, you know, it's the roster's there. Now they've gone through the surprise hurt and heartache. It, like I said, it, it just wouldn't surprise me. Exactly. So now we're going to get to the personal teams, at least okay. well, for each of us here. So yep. the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, is there the only real weak spot everyone's pointing at right now is the defense? Is that something you can agree with, or is that something you disagree with? I disagree. Or excuse me, I do agree with it, but I I don't probably agree with it as wholeheartedly as everybody does. I like their defense core. It, it's fine. It just in in. in Granted, Vegas kind of proved that maybe you don't always need a number one D-man. Right, but, right. Derek Englund but, was a first-pairing guy. So or Lucas Pisa. But, but also, here's the thing, though. Think about that style. They were put, Their forwards were... The, the back check and the, the, the pressure put on by the forwards helped the defense. Toronto's going to be more pedal to the metal go uh, uh, as they are. So I, I think that the style... I, I'm not saying that any team should change their style. I that's you know coaches do what coaches do by all means, and yes, they're they're almost kind of doing this the Pittsburgh way. Go with go with two you know two big name stars down the middle. You have two of the best center icemen in the league, and and you know how good ever I mean Chris Letang in in the '08 and '09 Pittsburgh teams. I think Chris Letang was probably a top five defenseman in the league at that point. Now is he? Mm-hmm. I, I would still say he's better than anybody on Toronto's team, and, and Schultz has been real good too for them. But uh, the other the other thing is they didn't improve the net minding. So not only are you in a situation where your defense is good, but I don't know if there's anybody you can rely on to play 25, 26 minutes a night should it come to it. You also, you know, Frederick Anderson is still backed up by Curtis McElhenney, and Curtis McElhenney wasn't trusted enough to play more than, what, 15, 20 games last year? Right, right. So the whole back end, it, it, a lot's got to go right, unless you're just going to be playing an elaborate game of keep away the the entire season, which could work given the talent that you have. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the third line center is Nazem Kadri. Right. So right, I, exactly. mean, I mean, you could play an elaborate game of keep away, but again, Toronto's going to win more games. You know, they're going to be the, the flip of Ottawa, where if they're going to win games, they're going to win them five to four. And, you know, I, I don't know if they ended up last year, but I know it was as recent as two years ago, they were still being outshot on a game-in-game-out basis. Right. And again, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if that was the case. Right, and just 
we're going to have one more question for you for Toronto, and then we'll get to your Homer team. Sure. <clears throat> it's, sure. It's, been a, it's been a trend, well, actually, in this season especially, that there are a group, an actual group of teams that do not have a specified captain with a C on their chest. Hot take from the hot shot from Detroit. Do the Leafs need a captain? And if so, who are you choosing? Do the Leafs need a captain? So to answer that, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. That's a fair assessment. Because I think the hope is going to be, and I think that it's calculated. I think it's a calculated no this year. Because I think the hope is going to be that, that Matthews asserts himself, even with Tavares in the lineup, to become captain. That I think is- that's going to be the hope. I and think, now that you've put somebody like Tavares in the lineup, can Matthews assert himself to be a number to be the captain? So I think that that's why that there was a conscious decision this year to not have the captain. Kind of let things play out, yeah. I could not agree anymore. Because Tavares, you're not going to strip him of the C. No. <laughs> you know, you're not going to give Tavares a C this year and then strip him of it next year to give it to Matthews. Right. No. You just, you just don't do that. So I think it's a calculated risk, and because of that. I'm going to take the easy way out and say I don't have to choose a captain because I like this move. Because right. I don't know who to choose. My thought would be Tavares because of the age and the experience. Um, and he's done it before. And it keeps a little pressure off of Austin Matthews for not having to be that guy. But on the flip side, you really want him to be that guy. So it, it, I would have a, if I had to choose a Maple Leafs captain, it would be a, it would be a tough choice. And I, and I guess I would my 51% says Tavares. But that means that Austin Matthews wouldn't be eligible, basically, to be captain unless you stripped it from Tavares, which means things are not going well right. until, what, right. 2025? He's, like, almost basically Tavares' age. So, I, you know, I right. don't know. I don't think that that's the best plan. Now, going over to a team that also doesn't have a captain because his back is broken and he's too darn old, let's go to the Detroit Red Wings. But for the record, he was—he's played 82 games the last three years, and he's also probably the best forward on the on the, on the ice over those three years too. Man. Which which is actually more of a sad state of affairs of how Detroit is, more than me giving me giving credit to him. Like I said, it illustrates almost a sad state of affairs that Detroit is in. But anyway, go ahead. I mean, a first ballot Hall of Famer, absolutely. Right. You know, I, I don't think it's a doubt, but again, partial. Exactly. He's he's one of those guys, and there's there's going to be a group of guys that are really hurt by the fact that he lost. 120 games to lockouts. Right. That's true, yeah. I, I mean, he lost an entire season and half of another season where he, basically the start of his prime and the end of his prime. You know, and honestly, and I, I don't mean to, to kind of stray here, but Ovechkin, how many more goals would Ovechkin have if he could have come out that first year, even if he doesn't take the league by storm and just scores 25, and then the short year add him another 20? He could have another 50 goals easily. Exactly. Easily in his career due to the double lockout. So, but I digress. Right. So, even though Zetterberg has decided that he will no longer play the game of hockey, Mm -hmm. and the Detroit Red Wings, I would say, get one of the best picks of the litter of the last draft. In in regards to, obviously, there is Rasmus Dahlin and all that stuff. But pretty much the same team. What is there to expect... Out of the winged wheel, this year at least. This year Nothing. at least. I have no expectations. Um, and they may finish with the worst record in the NHL. I don't think they will. But if it ended up that way, it wouldn't overwhelmingly shock me. 
um, unless Dylan Larkin takes another step forward. Um, and don't get me, and I don't say that meaning that I think that the team is hopeless. I don't. I I like the direction, and as long as Ken Holland is still the GM, I don't think things will be forced. Which means I think you're more likely to see Michael Rasmussen up this year than you are Zadina, because Rasmussen's had the extra year in the minors. And he's a darn um, good player. Exactly. I, oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's not saying that Michael Rasmussen isn't a good player. I just, you know, I think everybody's thinking Zadina, Zadina, Zadina. I think it's far more likely that you're going to see Rasmussen up. Um, maybe on opening night, maybe not, but potentially on opening night. Um, I, you know, the free agency, again, you know what? I think they, they signed three guys, all the one-year deals. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, bringing in Vanek, I like it. I like Vanek. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he's paired with, with Nielsen and Athanasiu because that line actually did really good two years ago when Vanek started out here. So I, I'd like to see that put together, and and, uh, and, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Nyquist is traded at the deadline, and I don't expect him to resign, which is going to be a, kind of a, a change going forward. But slowly but surely, the, the forwards are changing over. Next will be the defense, and, and I hope two, three years down the road, it's all, all, everybody will still be here, and it'll... it'll uh, They'll be ready to make a run, and that'll be great because finally there'll be more uh, be more Wings fans at the Little Caesars games when we go watch the Leafs play. It won't be just all Leafs fans. That'll be great. Oh no, it'll still, it'll still be the majority of Leafs fans, but that's yeah. because I hear the ticket prices. It's cheaper to spend the night in Detroit than it is to spend the night in Detroit and get the ticket than it is to go to a game at the ACC. So as long as that's the case, it well, now hold on, on a second. He's there. got a point. It is cheaper to buy a ticket to the Little Caesars rink, pay for gas in Canada to drive there. Pay the border toll and then pick, you know, get a bunch of gas while you're in the states and then go back. Now, however, so you are false though. It is no longer the Air Canada Center. Oh, it right. is the, the Scotia Bank Arena. Arena, the Spa, the Spa. Isn't doesn't Ottawa play in the Scotia? No, no, they, no, that's they the Bank Center. No, no, they used it? to play the Scotia Bank Center. Now it's the Canadian Tire Center, which oh, that's is right. why initially I had a problem with it. Because, like, that's the same arena Ottawa did. But then again, when Toronto played Ottawa, it was a home game for Toronto. So, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, so, we're, uh, we're wrapping things up here, Tom. Before we let you go, um, what do you think? We're going to go with, the, I'm going to ask you, what do you think the top four teams in this division look like? We're going to go, with, obviously, we'll have the top three, for sure, playoffs, and then maybe a wild card team. What do you think right now? Is it clear-cut as everyone looks like, as it looks right now on paper? Or do you think there's maybe a shocker in there to get that top four? No, I, I, I see that I honestly, I, I don't know the order, but I think the same three teams that, that, that win one, two, three last year, go one, two, three again, Boston, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. I don't want to hazard a guess as the order, but I, again, I, I think that they're one, two, three. Um, I think Florida would be the wild card. I think that they will be fourth in the division and potentially there for a wild card. And if, if you, you know, if you said I had to pick a team that could challenge, and that may pass Florida. I don't think I'd go as far as saying they'd make the top three, but at least could give Florida a run for a second wild card. Let's say I would actually probably take the Sabers more than anybody else. Yeah, that the seems like Sabers. Well, I really okay. Would. I, I, well, I like what I like what they have. Um, and, and again, like I said, I, I I like what they have. Also, in comparison to the other three, I like what they have. That is true. So, Thomas, thanks for coming on once again. Um, we'll definitely Absolutely. have we'll definitely have you on later. Uh, we got some hockey to call Saturday, sir. Looking forward to it. Very excited. 6.30 over at uh, the Patterson Ice Center. It's hard to believe that we're there already, but we did a game in September last year, and so September 22nd, let's get it going. Is it, wait, 6.30 or 3.30? 
I have 6.30 on my calendar, but I will double-check that. I'm because gonna, now no. that you said 3.30, it scares me. I'm going to have to double-check, too. So, all you out oh, there. Saturday. What? <laughs> it's on Saturday. 3.30 or 6.30. Who knows? Davenport <laughs> taking on Eastern Michigan. Davenport Athletic Network. Watch this. It's going to be great. Yes, that's the moral of the story. Watch all day, because I'm sure there will be other things on the Davenport Athletic Network you need to see. Absolutely. Oh, nice plug there. Yeah. That's, I, I, there's, there's an outlet here somewhere for that plug. You know? I, I try. I try. <laughs> But, but thank uh, you so much for being on. Obviously, as we said last time you were on the show, check out the In the Box podcast from Podcast Detroit, Thomas and all the boys. They're another good outlet for hockey and else hockey talk. Um, more than just us, because that's why we like to have people on here, because let's be honest, they're sick of us. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I will be here by the time February was around, that's for sure. <laughs> it, well, you never know, Thomas. All right, thanks, Thomas. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. All right, see ya. Yep, yeah, bye-bye. And what? you were so concerned about time. Well, I didn't. I told you, just chill out. Coming from the person that when we planned this all out, because this is going, this is the most complex episode we have ever done in history, with well, having two guests and trying and to do time constraints, whatever. The I person to- that literally said, "Do not rush it. Just let it happen organically." Has the <laughs> finger going? Keep her moving. The, well, menace, okay. the, the story, minute to walk minute over here. The the story, but okay. So Thomas and I, we Thomas and I. There's a reason why we put new broadcasts so well together. Because you can just talk, 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 talk. Because we can fill time during intermission. Because if you do a game by yourself, you know you kind of have to prepare yourself. Thomas and I, we feed off each other, and he feeds off with us. And I was like, and we started doing the questions. Cannibalism. Okay, don't no. It's not cannibalism. It's just you know You're what I'm feeding saying. off each other. That's okay, cannibalism. That's not what I'm talking about. That's but, cannibalism. But it was, it was really fun to talk, Thomas. And I'm, I mean, it's going to be great working games with him again this year. I'm, I'm it kind of stinks. I really wanted him to get that job we were talking about, but unfortunately, he didn't get it. So, but it's a good thing because he gets a, I get to work with him again. Um, I'll tell and I'll make sure I send him that clip. It's a fun. It'll be on our eventually. We'll make that blooper reel of ours. It'll be great. So um, we have about a few minutes here to talk about uh, before we have our next guest on. Um, Don't you want to take a pause or whatever? No, no, we'll uh, we'll, pa- we'll pause when we bring, before we bring him on here. Um, let's just kind of go over things, you know, with what he said there. I mean, let's be honest, Alex. Out of the bottom four, the three teams you mentioned. I really, the bottom four or the top four? The, the, the bottom three, pardon me. After, you know, you get to, let's be honest, it, it's most likely... It's going to be Tampa, Boston, Toronto will be up there. Just unless like something, how it was unless last something time. crazy happens. And if Florida does what they did last year, they have so adding, much promise. Now adding more offense. And if Luongo and Reimer can keep up that goaltending tandem, that 1A, 1B they got going. I mean, James is going to have to raise two kids now. So, I mean, he's, he may be a little tired a little bit. Oh, he'll be fine. But I really think Buffalo is this team that's just, they're, it, they seem maybe even last year like, okay, they're competitive, but will they be good? The year before, I'm like, okay, they weren't bad. And then, obviously, before that, they were the tanking team. They were trying. They got. They went for McDavid, failed. They went for Matthews, they failed. Is well, this? Well, yeah, because nobody it, wants to play in Buffalo. Well, no, it's not just that, but they wanted to draft well, and that, that's the reason why. Is well, yeah, they wanted to draft that, well. No one wanted to go there because no one wanted to lose. Exactly. But now that they see there's this there's this plethora of talent coming through here. Okay. There Them is. getting Rasmus Dahlin. No, I'm talking Sam Reinhart. I'm talking Alex Neal. There's a lot. And Casey Sam Reinhart is Middleston. decent. And he has, but he still has an upside. I think he's he's not there yet because he hasn't had the time to. He hasn't had the team around him. Casey Middlestad, who looked 
fantastic. It was by I think he was the MVP of the World Junior Tournament in uh, December, July last or Jan- July, December, January last year. Figure it out. Carter Hutton is he's a goaltender that can play fifty games this year. I don't know how Anders Nielsen could do as a backup. He's had his moments, but Buffalo's right there. I hate it. But I want a 403 rivalry again. You know what? I want there to be a rivalry between Buffalo and Toronto. Like the same way I want Toronto and Detroit to have a rivalry again. I wouldn't put too much money in that stock, Deed. Because you. Well, who you, else is it going to be? Montreal on, or Ottawa? Come on. Let's be on, honest. On paper, you might say, oh, yeah, you got Reinhardt, Darlene's there now. You know, there's so many things that are going good for Buffalo. They might actually be a competitive team and all this, blah, blah, blah. But it, up all, it all comes down to. What actually happens in the game? Just like how, even though Florida has they brought they bring in Hoffman, you know they already got a solid, semi-solid defense, a solid and stacked goaltending tandem. Their offense looks pretty good. They also it just there's so many things that could go wrong. I don't want to give it to. There's so, yeah, you're right. Not yet. So Give it to half I'll halfway go, through the season. Let me just go through. Their defense is kind of weird. They have Zach Bogosian, the Rista Lyon, Matt Hunwick, and of course Rasmus Dellin. But so that's oh, we're back of, in Buffalo. Okay, back in Buffalo. Sorry, I was just looking at their cap friendly. They have their forwards consist of Jack Eichel, pretty good player, pretty good. Kyle Pozo still can kind of play. He's decent. better than Vanek. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Skinner, who they stole. Let's be honest, that was a steal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a one-year steal, obviously, but hey. Jason Pominville, a little older, but he can still play. Patrick Berlin, Vladimir Sabaka, yes, they're no Ryan O'Reilly, but getting two for that, I it's not a win, but it's better than what they could have got. It's better than what Ottawa got. They're not top Eric nine. Uh, I don't, well, it's going to be, well, it may be tough with this team. They're going to have to work for that. Connor Sheary. Um, Evan Rodriguez is a great centerman, a great young centerman, still making his entry-level con- or 650 grand. And, of course, like I said, Casey Middlestat is entering his first year. I mean, there's a there's an upside to this young front. Now, like I said, defense will be an issue. Rasmus Dahlin cannot play 35 minutes a night. No. He's going to get swamped on. So This is what I th- I think he's going to start off playing 10 minutes a night. Oh, okay. No, you can't. Okay. He's going to be first pair, but you can't just swarm him 10 minutes, Alex. That's nothing, okay? No, 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 I, no I'm, I'm just, hear me out here. Start him off at the beginning of the season 10 minutes a night. You can't. The fans will go crazy. They'll lose just, their minds. Just, 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 just hear me out. Bring him in slowly but surely. Start out with 10 minutes the first game. Maybe 12 minutes the next game. And just keep You're bumping You're not going to give Darlene third-pairing minutes, Alex. That's just not going to happen. I'm not saying I'm just saying give not, him third-pairing minutes. I'm, I'm not just say, saying. I'm not you, saying give him the... I'm agreeing with you. you but you have to work him, him into it. Don't give him the Drew Doughty treatment of two periods a game. Are you going to give him 20 minutes? I'd say you have The to, first game... Well, I don't know. That's what preseason's for, ain't it? You don't want to wear him out, though. You don't want to. That's right. You don't want to wear him out. That's why I'm thinking you have to go 20 minutes, maybe 20, 25 minutes, pin him with a defenseman like Bogosian that he can kind of learn from because then you have the lefty to righty bit. And you have a lefty. Yeah. Well, if they do it how they should do it, where the lefty's on the right That's side. That's only for the, the power play. You put the off wing there. Okay. Then and Zach Bogosian's not going to be on the power play. Well, you tell me. By how- golly, I will fight you. Then you tell me how good your one-timers are when a lefty passes it from the left side to a righty who's on the right side and tries to accept it in between the legs and then tries to shoot it off the boards and then maybe hit the net. You play Chell way too much. 
you just have to stop. <laughs> I don't play Chell. Ba- I barely play Chell at all. The only time I play Chell is with you. That's Other true. than that, it's Rocket League. They you want to know why? Because gold standard. Gold in 3v3. Gold in oh 2v2. Gosh. Gold in 1v1. Come at me, bro. All right. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to bring our, uh, our second guest on. Talk about the Metro Division here. So we're just going to take a quick pause. We're going to have a weird sound effect to maneuver this through. Are you sweating? No. Oh, yeah, it's your fuzz sparkling in the light. No, it's probably because I no. kind of have an oily face. No, no, it's right on your must, like your little, where your mustache would be. Not the rest of your face. Well, so, I shaved yesterday. You, Thanks. You, you sh- oh, I look, hey, you shaved yesterday. Oh, you're growing it back. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> you a-hole. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. That's why you're my brother. During this break, I'm going to freaking start a tilly with you. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. I will lose it! No! Lose it! All right, and we are back, and right now we have someone that is on the Morning Skate Podcast. You can find them on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Morning Skate, we've got Ked. Ked, yay! What's up, boys? How's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. How about yourself? It is a late night, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, uh... You know, I had the nine to five grind today. That kind of sucked. Couldn't wait to get on here. So pumped to get this going. Yeah, we were probably working until about half hour before we started recording this thing. So yeah. we're oh, with you there. That's that's a, that's a long one. So we're talking about the Metropolitan Division here with you. I mean, obviously, you guys being Rangers fans on the Morning Skate, we'll uh, we'll get to them. We'll let you end the one with them. But uh, Alex has this fixation. I do down in the southeast. Um, by the way, we should mention um, thoughts and prayers going out with anyone right now dealing with the hurricanes right now. Down in the Carolinas and Virginia and Georgia and all of them. Which almost makes it horrible that we're going to talk about the Carolina hurricanes. Well, that's yeah, a little their, ironic. They, yeah. they knew going into that one that, you know, obviously, that especially was, with the new third jersey that they got with the, with the, the hurricane flags. warning flags, they knew that, exactly what they were doing. That's kind of a bad coincidence, but... No, Alex. It's definitely a rough look. For some reason, since Tommy Dundon signed on there, Alex has just loved the Hurricanes. It's a crusade of the Carolinas. I don't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I I kind of. Do you guys like their third jerseys? I think they're not bad. Oh, I love them. Alex, I can't get enough. Well, okay. I'm we're diehard Leafs fans, so I'm kind of like the simple way, and I don't like the super extravagant sweaters. But they're not. They're not that bad. I'll be honest. They, I've seen worse. I yeah, mean, I would. Agree, I would agree with that. I don't really like the logo, but something just about like the black, red, and white always, for some reason, looks so clean to me. Right. Like, whenever I think about oh, if I could ever play in the NHL, like obviously I want to look good. Like I feel like playing in Carolina. Like you want, you're not living a bad life. Other than the fact that they don't really have fans, like you're living in a great place. Other than like right now, and yeah. you have sick jerseys. You're a young team, so I, I'm kind of on board with the uh, Carolina bandwagon for sure. Right and. Especially with that jersey, it kind of reminds you of the the one Statue of Liberty jersey going to New York that you used to wear way oh, back yeah. when. You're just kissing yeah. up right now, aren't you? I'm not kissing <laughs> up. I'm making a friendly connection in the hockey world. That is what we're all about. We are one hockey family. Oh man, the what was it? The 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 Malik, the Doug Malik sweater. Oh, I forgot. Oh, Merrick yeah. Malik. Merrick Malik. Yes, that guy. He did one thing in his career. One yeah, thing. but you want to know what? That one thing is more memorable than probably like 90% of the guys that play in the show. That, that's <laughs> true, yeah. So let's get down to brass tacks here with Carolina. 
The Carolina defense has bolstered by the addition of Dougie Hamilton. Uh, do you think there will be more help for the goaltending with the deeper blue line this year? Uh, you know what, man? I thought about this. I'm, I'm gonna. I don't think defense was ever really their issue. Like last year, they had Falk, Hannafin, Pesci, Slavin, TVR. Like they had a good defense. Um, obviously, adding Dougie Hamilton, he, he's you know he's a great player, great shot. But the thing about him and Hal's actually a Bruins fan. He would tell me about him. Dougie never really fit in the locker room. He got rid of, got rid of him there. Then he went to Calgary, where reports came out that he didn't really get along in the locker room either. So now he's gonna go to Carolina. A bunch of really young kids. They just lost like great player um i mean i i don't really think it their d i don't think was ever the issue i think it was always kind of the goaltending uh cam ward used to be really good now he's not even oh, on yeah, the team. absolutely uh P- peter morazic is that really a guy you want in there between the pipes and then and then you have uh scott darling who didn't really perform to what his contract was supposed to be so i would i would be more focused on the goaltending aspect rather than the defense. Like, Dougie Hamilton's going to score points and stuff like that, but I don't necessarily really like that move all that much. I do like the Calvin DeHaan, though. I think Calvin DeHaan will be a good player. That's that's just – well, it's kind of like kind of like what they have in Calgary, which is kind of funny with Dougie Hamilton coming over. They have such a good decor, and it just looks like, just like Calgary, Carolina is the goaltending issue. And, and I'll be honest, I've seen Peter Mrazek. I've watched him since he played in Grand Rapids. I've, I watched him when he was in the World Juniors doing crazy, jumping into the bench with the Czech team. He's just kind of fallen off, and I think it's a confidence. It's a between-the-ears thing. It's a brain thing. Right. And so if he can pick that up maybe in a new spot in Carolina, maybe he can help Scott Darling. And if Scott Darling plays like the way he did in Chicago, Carolina may be a competitive team this year. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think what it comes down to is their defense. If we're talking their forwards, they lost Jeff Skinner, who I it kind of up to me, I don't really think he wanted to be there that much because, I mean, he's going to Buffalo, so he had to wave that, and who really wants to go to Buffalo? Uh, they have Shvechnikov. I think he was the number two pick this year. Yeah, he, I think it depends on what he does. Uh, their forwards, Justin Williams is now their captain. I kind of like that movie. He's Mr. Clutch. He, if they do make the playoffs, that's a guy you want on your team definitely leading you. Michael Furlan's a big body. But other than that, man, I just, I'm not com- completely sold on the Carolina Hurricanes as much as I would want to be because I don't dislike them as, like, a team. But, I, and also, I think their GM, like, makes their scouts pay for their cell phone bill, so I'm not really behind that either. So, like, actually, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on the Hurricanes. Oh, uh, that would be, geez, you'd think with all that money that they make working for the team, you think they can pay for their own cell phone bills. Yeah, They only, right. they only get paid millions of dollars a year. Gosh yeah. forbid. Yeah. We'll talk about money yeah. later with a certain player for the Leafs, you and I. We're going to have a talk. Anyway, so moving to Ohio, that state beneath Michigan, um, we'll talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. The cannon seems to keep going off, mainly because John Tortorella is still behind the bench. <laughs> See what I did there, cannon? Yeah. Yep. For those about to be cops, you know, that one. Yeah. Um, how important do you think he is to the Jackets? Because I remember a couple years ago there was an issue, like the players told him to calm down. Because, I mean, well, you saw him with the Rangers, torts being yeah. torts. Yeah. Do, you, do you think he's good for that locker room still? Do you think he still has that coaching that he had when he was in New York, even when he's in down in Tampa? I'm, I'm a huge Torts guy. To me, I think Torts made the Rangers relevant again. Uh, he's hard-nosed. He'll be in your face. I completely get that. But you have a leadership of Nick Foligno, Brandon Dubinsky, Cam Atkinson. Those guys aren't pretty boys. Those are those are the guys that are going to go in the corner. They're going to muck it up. They're going to block shots, and they're not really going to ask like questions about it. Uh, you have a stud Seth Jones on the on the back end, which Torts knows how to play him. Wierenski's awesome. 
And I, and this is kind of a recent realization that I just came into. I think Sergey Bobrovsky, when he's on, like when he is 100% hot, he, you can make the argument that he's the best goalie in the league. Um, the only issue that I have is the Panarin thing. Because Panarin, I mean, they tried to re-sign him. I don't think he really wants to play in Columbus. I don't really think that has a lot to do with Torts. I think that's the kind of guy that, like, wants to live in a big city. But if that has to do with Torts, then I guess you're right. Torts is kind of a problem. But I, I think he's great for that club. Right. And kind of kind of banking off, you know, Carolina, a team that has, you know, talent up and down the roster with Columbus. <clears throat> do you think that the Columbus Blue Jackets are good enough to be a top team in this league? say top team i think that maybe you can make a case that they're going to be like a perennial playoff team maybe that's fair uh, they they lost matt calvert they lost uh i mean he was a good depth guy ian cole i think was great for them they lost him the test is all right thomas vanek i can't believe that guy's still in the league um but i mean they're they're just they're the meat and potatoes team you're going to go into columbus or columbus is going to go into your barn and you know it's going to hurt the next day and to me that at least I your eardrums will hurt yeah yeah i mean Columbus is going to be that team. And at the same time, they have a superstar winger in Artemi Panarin. I mean, they're good. I, th- I think they make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if they make a huge run, but, I mean, we've seen crazier things in the playoffs. That all the team has to do is get hot. So you never really know. Well, Vegas won the Western Conference last year, so yeah. maybe Columbus can do something. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, could. Oh, go ahead. Oh, they said it. All right. Um, so moving kind of over to a little more further east, we got the Philadelphia Flyers. And this has been a team that's, what was it? They won like, what, 10 games in a row last year, right? Like right, something. they were hot. Yeah, they went on a run for a bit. They were on some ridiculous run, but they just, they fell off a cliff. And uh, you can blame goaltending. You can blame Norvith getting hurt. You can blame, you know, them trying to rely on Peter Morazic. But is this really... I mean, do they do they have the goaltending to take them there? I mean, it's Brian Elliott and Michael Moivert again. I mean, are they going to be capable of being a good one-two tandem to like keep them consistently able to even get into the playoffs? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, other than the Buffalo Sabers and the Eastern Conference, I thought the Flyers had the best offseason. They they lost guys like Philpula, Manning. I didn't think Morazic was all that good. They lost a Duya, Matt Reed. None of those guys really stand out. And then they go and they sign James Van Riemsdyk. I mean, Simmons, Claude, Claude Drew, and Jacob Voracek are probably the most underrated players in the league. When you watch those guys, they have the puck, you know it. Their defense, not that bad. They have that young Russian, I forget, Provorov, I think is his name. He's really good. Yep. But it all comes down to the original question, right? Is their goaltending going to be all right? I know that they have an absolute stud of a prospect. Uh, I think his name's Connor Hart. I don't know if he's going to really make a run to make the big team right now. So may, this may not be the Flyers' year, but when the Flyers get Connor Hart up here, it's supposed to be like a bona fide stud number one. Yeah, I'd be a little right. worried if I was an Eastern Conference team because I think the Flyers aren't going to be a joke when they finally get... I mean, who was the last good Flyers goalie? Was it like Roman Czechmonic? Well, okay, if we're I talking... I don't know. Peter Mrazek was pretty all right. Hey, Ilya Berzgalov, best eight-year signing ever. <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah, you're talking about Carter Hart. Carter Hart, back-to-back WHL goaltender. Carter Hart. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, it's, all, it's all good. No. Um, I've, I followed him because I follow a lot of you know Major Junior up in Canada. He... He played forever at the last couple of years, played for Canada's World Junior team. He is someone, if he can stay healthy, because I think he had mono start the year last year, He, if he can stay healthy, he can be a really good goaltender. Now, I said the same thing about Tyler Parsons, but Calgary hasn't even given him a chance yet. So that jump from junior to NHL may not be as quick as I'm sure Flyers fans would like, but that would be, I, I think he eventually may be that type of guy that, you know, maybe it'll take him fears like Carey Price did. So who knows with him? Yeah, I... I think when he gets there, 
everything's going to change for the Flyers. Up until then, it's just a giant question mark. I mean, they're kind of like the Sabres and the Red Wings. Neither of those teams have really had goaltending over the last couple of years. Same with the Islanders. They None, none of those teams really had a number one, you know what I mean? Other than maybe uh, Leonard last year, I suppose. But it's always kind of a flip-flop. You never really know what's going to happen. Say the same thing about the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues have been flip-flopping goalies for the past, like, ten years, and they haven't won a cup, you think? Well, right. you know, now they lost Carter to Buffalo, but that would, yeah, kind of, they're uh, they're riding Jake Allen now. Mm-hmm. Right, and I mean, you talked about the infamous JVR, and as as Leaf fans, we know very well what the man can do in front of the net, tipping pucks in, Chip pucks all that in. stuff, and pairing him with Wayne Simmons, or even have them possibly on separate lines, have them on separate power plays. How lethal is this Fl- Philadelphia Flyers? Power play. Yeah, it's really good, man. You have Wayne Simmons, who you know is going to be banging in front of that. JBR, Claude Giroux, nasty. Jacob Voracek, nasty. Uh, Gossip Spear, probably on the point, ripping pucks. Uh, it, they're going to be pretty good, man. And it's, it, they're going to be like, if they put all those guys on the on the first power play unit, like that'd be good. But it, maybe it's so good that they split it up where they actually have two two power play lines that are both legit. Because they have the players. I mean, Travis Konechny, also a great player. Oh, absolutely. Pro Rock can get puck on that. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have a sick beeper this year. They're gonna I'm well the whole Metro division I've written about it before when I back when I used to write my blog the, the monsters of the Metro like it's such a competitive division and one of the team that's one of the teams that's really dominated the division for the last decade could you say has been the well I guess since they did the split so since 2014 but whatever technicalities Pittsburgh Penguins have been pretty darn good and I. You look at the roster. They had they didn't really lose a whole lot, and they didn't really gain a whole lot either. Are there? I remember I, I thought about this. I'm like, is there really any room for this team? Is there anyone from the American League that can really come up and play? Or, or are they pretty well set with their 20, 23 man roster? We're talking Penguins or Flyers. Penguins. Sorry, I, I, I must I must have, I must have moved over. But yeah, the Wilkes-Barre no, Flyers. No, um. no, I, uh, Penguins. I picked up who Matt Cullen. I mean, he's been a great player for forever. Um, Jimmy Hayes. I mean, you put anybody with Sidney Crosby, they're going to score 20 goals. Jack Johnson, maybe he, you know, turns it around this year. I, I think depends, in my opinion. I mean, they're going to be, I think they're going to win uh, the Metro this year. They're they're unbelievable. Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin now have like a couple months to actually rest instead of just continue to play hockey. Phil Kessel. I mean, everybody loves Phil Kessel. Chris Letang, Oli Mata, they're going to get healthy. And I mean, they're 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 good players. They lost Connor Sheary, which is kind of a big loss. Went to Buffalo. Uh, Kunakel, who is a good grinder and stuff like that. But they're still a great team. Uh, Murray in the pipes, you love that. Brian Dumoulin, who uh, he's a, he's a main guy, always big big Dumoulin guy. Um, I, I like the Penguins makeup, and I and I think this year they're going to come with that edge where they're like, oh, you didn't think we were good enough, let's go. So, well, that well that was a big thing. Is like if. If they hadn't played Washington, now who knows how Tampa would have gone if Pittsburgh had played Tampa, but it seemed like they were going to be good enough that they were going to be able to do it, to go for the the inevitable three-peat possibly, but they just seemed like they just ran out of gas against a really good Washington, a really hungry Washington team. Mm-hmm. No, I would I would agree with that, and that and that's exactly what Ovechkin needed, because I think if you had a healthy Pittsburgh team, I think that's a different series. Right, and I, this is an interesting team. You still have a majority of the players remaining from the Stanley Cup teams, and you you said that we're moving on to Washington. By the way, I think I don't know if you said that, Alex. No, I didn't. I'm still I'm still talking about Pittsburgh. Oh, you're still talking about Pittsburgh. My yes. bad. Okay. okay. No, very interesting team. Majority remaining from the Stanley Cup. 
Um, obviously, with them, you talked about them possibly or even eventually winning the Metro Division. Do you think? And every 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 fan of their own team says, "Oh, our our team's the favorite to win the cup." Like uh, obviously, as Toronto fans, we say, "We get Tavares. We've not got a chance anything. for it." I'm not jinxing anything. I'm keeping my mouth shut. About but that. but do you think that they really are in Pittsburgh at least? Do you think they're still cup cup favorites, or do you think they're kind of over that hill? I think the easiest way to answer this is any team that Sidney Crosby's on is a cup contender. That's fair. And that's why I said, and that's why I say he's still better than McDavid because he knows how to win now. Crosby does yeah, exactly. And I had a discussion with my buddies the other day. I was kind of like, "Oh, if you have to, you know, you're drafting a team. Who do you want?" Everybody picks McDavid. I'm like, "Okay, what about next year?" And then immediately it was Sidney Crosby. And Sidney, I mean, Sidney Crosby's gonna be unbelievable. I don't think he's the type of guy where if he starts like playing like like not up to his standard, I don't think he'll stick around because he knows he's the best. Why would you want to be anything but the best? He's done. Everything that you could do. Other, I, I don't. Maybe he didn't win Rookie of the Year. Gold medal, Stanley Cup. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's but he, we're like blessed to watch this guy play hockey. The things that the, that he can do. Any team with him on it, cup contender. Well, it was unfortunate his rookie year was against Ovechkin. So that is true. Yeah. Speaking and of, oh, sorry. Alex. Speaking of Ovechkin, <laughs> the the guy that people will say never reached the heights that Sidney Crosby will. As of right now, reports, his peg stand reached the heights. Yes, it did. His <laughs> cup stands, pardon me. As of right now, reports have said that Alexander Ovechkin is quote-unquote sober, as in sober enough to play, but with his hangover gone, do you think that the Cups, or the Caps, excuse me, will suffer a Stanley Cup hangover of, the, of their selves and maybe stumble out of the gate at the beginning? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see the Caps being all that good this year, to be honest with you. Uh, that's that may be like my hot take or whatever, but they they got after it for a while after that, and and it's not even just like the hangover thing. I get that, but I think it's just like almost like the emotional hangover more than anything. Um, you still have a veteran; he's awesome. Brady and Holpe still in the pipes. They re-signed Carlson, which was big for them. But like I just I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't see the Caps being able to repeat what they did last year. Maybe they proved me wrong. Maybe the Caps curse is broken, and now they're going to come off on this huge dynasty. I mean, I've seen weird things, but, like, I don't know. That My hot take is I don't think the Caps are going to be good at this, uh, that good this year. So is that what the fire trucks outside of our door are doing now? They're asking about this fiery take here. Is that, uh, it's okay, guys. We're good. Okay, the so hot good. shot from New York with yeah. a hot take of his own. Coming against the Caps, the defending champs. Um, so, so we said Holtby, obviously he's still there. However, Philip Grubauer, who, by the way, started the playoffs for the Capitals, can we just remember that? Um, he's gone now. Um, do you think now that Holtby doesn't have the luxury of a decent backup, do you think the Caps will put him in that situation to play like now like 70 games like they had him playing before? I mean, that's kind of part of the reason why I didn't think they were going to be that good. Uh I mean, Philip Grubauer, exactly exactly what you said. He started the playoffs. Like People probably shouldn't forget that. That means Braden Holpe probably wasn't having the best year. Philip Grubauer was performing awesome. What happens if that happens again? I mean, who, who do you guys know who the backup's going to be this year? Uh, I looked it up, and according to Cap, apparently they had Phoenix, I think it's, uh, I'm going to say Copley. Co- it's Copley. Copley, Phoenix Copley. Um, I got his numbers from last season. In the American League with Hershey, he had a two nine goals against and an eight nine six save percentage in only forty one games. So yeah, I mean, yikes. do you really trust some guy named Phoenix with an eight ninety six save percentage to be <laughs> like a good backup for you? There's not a shot that happens. Well, I mean, maybe uh, if he's backing up Antiranta, 
in Glendale, which makes no sense because they're the Coyotes, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I'm but, big anti-Ronto guy, by the way. That's my, but, ba- that's, uh, that's my bad I, I joke. I don't, I don't see the Caps being that good. I think the fact that the backup isn't there, I mean, Holtby's going to have to have the best year of his career, and, he, and I mean, he pretty much had it last year by winning the Cup, but before the Cup even happened, it really wasn't that good of a year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on the Caps. Right. So, so let's now, move to the tri-state. Is it okay? I just want to make sure I'm right on this. Is it called the tri-state area, like the Islanders, yeah. the Devils, and Rangers? Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Sure. I'm horrible with my geography, especially on no, the you're East good. Coast. You're good, man. I hear it all the time whenever they're on MSG. Right. So talking about the New York Islanders, the Brooklyn Islanders. <laughs> no, wait. All oh, right, because they're playing at Nassau this year. That is right. That is true. Going back to the Coliseum, are they? The Nassau Coliseum, that crumbling building. <laughs> That's that's the only thing I like about the Islanders is that crummy building. I thought it had a lot of heart. Oh yeah, it's, well it's got more heart than you know having what two thousand seats, not being able to see one end of the net in Brooklyn and the garbage ice that I've heard that it is and all that. Well, I mean, yeah, they the, de- the SUV in the corner. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, they definitely lost their heart when they lost uh, Tavares there. But needless to say, <laughs> what kind of impact do you think that? Leo Komarov as a former Leaf and Matt Martin as a former Leaf will make in the locker room for the New York Islanders? Uh, I'm going to answer that question exactly how it's asked. I think that'll be really, really good for them. I think Leo Komarov, I mean, I don't know much about him. I know he's a little pest whenever he plays the Rangers, him and Zuccarello go at it the entire time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but from what I've heard, I heard he's like a good guy in the room. I love Matt Martin. I think he's one of the toughest guys in the league. He backs it up. He doesn't, you know, become a pansy. Like if, you, if somebody wants to throw, he throws. I think those two being around kids, if, if they are what they say they are or what everybody else says they are, that's good for them because the Islanders are going to be really, really young this year. Having said that, I don't think you address losing a franchise player by signing a, a two relatively old players on pretty crappy contracts. So I, in the room, it may be good, but on the ice, that's terrible. I, I Well, I mean, if you're looking at it from Lou's perspective, he lost out on his guy. Let's be honest. He had... That's why I think he went to the Islanders because, A, I think he wanted to work with his son. B, he was brought in there to make that team better because his time in Toronto was up. So he thought, well, let's do what we kind of did in Toronto. Let's bring in more character players to kind of help these young guys out. Because let's be honest, his first year, the Leafs finished with 69 points. Nice. And then then they went back-to-back playoff appearances. So, yeah, I'm not saying they'll be the same quick turnaround because we got Austin Matthews somehow magically. But... I'm thinking with that, just having those guys in there, just have those make the younger players feel comfortable, I think will be really important. Yeah, okay. Another hot take. I think Lou Amarillo is the most overrated person of all time. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, boy. The fire trucks are turning around. <laughs> he, he, he's won one playoff series in the past, what, like seven years? That's oh. true. Well, okay, the Devils teams he had, I, I think. Yeah, and look and look who was on those Devils teams. He had Marty Broder, Scott Stevens. I mean, it. Have fun trying to beat those guys, and then look at look at the Leafs. Like you guys got Austin Matthews, uh, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley. It's not like the like the deck was stacked against this guy. That's that's true. That is true. I feel like I like should... you know what I mean. It's not like he made something out of nothing. Like he he got a, a great pick in Austin Matthews, which I mean that was just luck. That, that wasn't him doing it. That's a yeah. That's a spin of the a spin of the wheel. Yeah. And it goes back. He literally hasn't won. He's won one playoff series. This may not be right. I saw a stat on this. I saw it a couple months ago. It's something like this. He's won one playoff series in the last seven years. Why? Why do we have so much respect for a guy who's won one playoff series in the last seven years? When you look at hockey now and compare it to seven years ago, it's like a completely different game. 
That's he did trade James Reimer, Alex. But he's he also did. a mobster. <laughs> he's yeah, he works for a mob. So if he finds this, uh, Ked, it's been I, nice knowing I, you. No, I, I'll, I'll say it out loud. Lou Lamorell was a joke, and, and I just I don't know. I've never. I, I just think he may be one of the luckiest humans of all time. I, you know what? I'll be honest. Yeah, you're, you did make some good points. I mean, he was and, and, a really good team. Another thing. Now, now I'm hot about this. Do you, I think Brendan Shanahan played as big of a part in the Maple Leafs turnaround as, as Lou Lamorello. Unquestionably. Yeah, I mean, and, and it wasn't even. And then he gets Mike Babcock. Like he, it was literally hand given to this guy. And now everybody thinks he's like some like amazing like GM. Get out of here! No way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, like I said, it all started with Shanahan coming on, and then they did got they did win the Babcock sweepstakes, and and then I right. guess you can say Kyle Dubas beat Lou Lamorello to get Tavares. I mean, then again, saying hey Tavares, you can either play with, don't get me wrong, Matt Barzell and Josh Bailey are really good, but you got to play with them, or you can play with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. So I guess I mean, oh. Dubas kind of may have had advantage there. Yeah, and then the Islanders went out and signed Josh Bailey to this like giant deal because he had one good year playing with Tavares. Like they they must have been convinced that he was going to resign. Everything that the Islanders did this summer it was terrible, and, and it's kind of funny because at the draft uh, the Rangers missed out on getting Oliver Wallstrom or like these two Canadian defensemen. We picked some Russian. Then the Islanders have I think it was back to back picks where they got two really good prospects and like Tavares still hadn't uh, signed with the Leafs yet so I'm like oh my god here we go like the Islanders are gonna start crushing it like they're feeding it to the Rangers and then they lose out on Tavares they pick up Leo Kovarov and Matt Martin uh, Robin Leonard in the pipes like this team's gonna be awful. Well I well yeah I mean the way it's looking I mean. And the next question I was going to ask, or Alex was going to ask, was the, the goal. I'll let, I'll let you take yeah, this the goal, one. The, you said it before, the goaltending with the Islanders, I think you mentioned it a little earlier on. Thomas Grice is is not the the late 2016 winning a playoff series against Florida, Thomas Grice. This is a Thomas Grice that looks like a decent backup. And bringing Robin Leonard, and I don't know if you've read the athletic piece on him, I mean, he's kind of in a state of recovery, if you will. I mean, the goaltending tandem of the Islanders is just, it's a question mark of, Will they be good, or will it be just some gaping hole and teams will put up six or seven on them nightly? No, and, and it kind of plays back to what we just talked about with the Flyers, right? Like, the Flyers really haven't had a number one goalie in a while, and if you compare the Philadelphia Flyers as the team minus the goalie and you compare them against the New York Islanders, you're going to take the Flyers players. No, right. I mean, the, yeah. the, the Islanders have Barzell. Other than that, there's really nobody on the Islanders where I'm like, oh, wow, that guy's really good. Right. I mean, like you know what I mean. So you have you have an inferior team plus the same type of goaltending thing that's going on with Philly. I I, I don't know, man. I don't see the Islanders being anything this year. Yeah, I can I can hear you on that one there. Now let's let's push this over to New Jersey, across the river. Uh, yeah. So last season, obviously the Devils lived and died with Taylor Hall. Do you think that the Hart Trophy winner can put on an iron car? Yeah, Taylor Hall is unbelievable. He uh, he can skate probably better than 99% of the people in the NHL. Connor McDavid's right there with him, but Taylor Hall can wheel. Uh, Nico Keisher's awesome. Brian Boyle, I, I'm a huge Brian Boyle guy. Oh, yeah, so great I love player. The vet. Oh, former, awesome. former, great former Leaf Brian Boyle. And a former Ranger. That guy is incredible. Yep, he may well, not yeah, be the most talented that. player, but like that's a guy you want in your dressing room with young kids. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think the Devils, I, I think they're going to be pretty – they won't be bad. I think they'll probably do what they did last year. I didn't really like their deals at the deadline, but it is what it is. Um, I, I, they're, they're, they didn't really even pick up anybody. They just they lost Grabner, Hayes, Maroon, 
John Moore, which is a huge loss for them, so I think he's awesome. Uh, and they didn't really grab anybody all that great. Marcus Johansson's going to be back from a concussion. Pavel Zaka's decent. I, I think that, I think the Devils will be pretty all right this year. So towards the end of that second half, Corey Schneider goes down with an injury. Keith Kincaid decides to play the greatest goaltending he's ever played in his career. And then they go in the playoffs and they play Tampa, and there's no shot in the world for them, unfortunately. Do you think... Is there a goaltending controversy there right now? Do you think Keith Kincaid is good enough to hang with Corey Schneider? Or is Corey Schneider has his numbers regressed enough to the point where we're thinking that it's a controversy between the two? No, I, I think I think it's easy. Corey Schneider is the goalie there. Uh, his biggest issue is staying healthy. So honestly, this is probably the perfect goalie like situation going on. Corey Schneider's awesome. Pretty much day in, day out. I've never when he ever plays the Rangers, I've never really seen that rough of a game from him. Uh, but, I mean, injuries have always kind of been his thing, right? So the fact that you have a guy who came in last year and did great things, it's its a great security blanket to have. I hate Keith Kincaid because of all the emojis that he does and because he's a New Jersey devil. But <laughs> he's not he's, hes not a bad goalie. And out of all the goalie, like, tandems, I guess you would say, out of these guys, thats that'd probably be the one I'd stick with. That, I, got, I should do a list again. I remember right. I, did a, I did a list last year. I think I related to, like, Keith Kincaid in New Jersey. I did, like, a like top 31, like I ranked all the goaltending hands. I put them at like 25 because I just didn't think Keith Kincaid had it. But then they, then he just leads them to the playoffs. So yeah. that's just, I I don't know anymore. Yeah. Like maybe he'll do well. Maybe he'll do great. I mean, we have Curtis McElhinney as our backup. So right. who knows what will happen? Well, I mean, well, 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 here's a question for you, Ked, if you don't mind. Yeah. Keith Kincaid, obviously you said you just don't like him because he's a devil. Would you like him in a Rangers uniform? Uh, the, the emoji thing really bothers me, to be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a Yankees fan, so D.D. Gregorius does these emojis. And then all of a sudden, some backup on the New Jersey Devils decides that he's going to do it, too. Stay in your lane, Keith. Oh. <laughs> oh, some backup from New Jersey. Well, I, I'll, I'll admit, some backup from New Jersey. But the Rangers backup, let's I mean, I can say this right, Merrick Mazanic, Mazanic. Uh, Zanuck and then Alex uh, Georgiev, who I think is going to end up being the backup. You'll think he'll be end up being the backup. All right. Well, yeah. I, the only reason he wouldn't be is, is that they want him to play more. That would be the only reason. He's he's the better goalie. Yeah, we've kind of had that issue with Garrett Sparks up here in Toronto, so we know exactly what you're thinking there. So <laughs> obviously, going to your Rangers. We'll we'll end on this one here because obviously, you know, you're a Rangers fan, and you know, you obviously take pride in being what. But I got to ask. So end of last season. Jeff Gordon yeah. and Glenn Taylor come out. They put out a message out to everyone saying, hey, you know, we're going to sell some contracts. We're going to not, I don't want to say rebuild, but the, the feeling was the fact that this team was going to change a little bit and they weren't going to be as competitive as they have been because they've been competitive so many years, but they realize there's a change. But then you go out and you go out of your way to sign Domestikov for $4 million. You go out and you yeah. sign Ryan Spooner for $4 million. You lock up Brady Shea forever, and and this is right after you sign Brendan Smith and all that, and then you get Adam McQuaid. Yep. What, are, are you think that they're sticking with the message they sent before, or maybe the, do the rain, do they some, see something in the front office that maybe think the Rangers have one more chance to go for it? Oh, no, not a shot. I think they're sticking to their process. They, they, they drafted two first-round picks uh, last year, Elias Anderson and Philip Heedle, who are going to be both really, really good players. They're both young centermen. Uh, Heedle, I think, is the more offensive guy. Anderson's more of the meat and potatoes guy. But, I mean, they're young, right? So, you you go out and you sign Spooner and Nemeskov. I'm pretty sure that both of those deals were for two years. 
Right. Yeah. Which, which is which is awesome because then it kind of gives gives those two young guys the you know the chance to fit, you know figure their way out in the league stuff like that. Uh, they re-signed Kevin Hayes to a one-year deal, which I think that's kind of show me. Like, show me you want to be a Ranger. Go out there and put up 70 points this year, and then we'll, and then we'll see what we can do. I don't know if he's going to do it, but it's, he's also a great uh, trade ship coming up. Um, I love what they did. I love Adam McQuaid. I think that veteran presence in the locker room is great. I think, I think honestly, they're really – these next two years are kind of just going to be about, like, taking your bruises, learning the league, trying, trying to win. I don't think they're going to be all that special. But at the same time, you need players around them that can help them like do this. And I think Adam McQuaid is a huge pickup in that sense. Uh, Hal's a Bruins fan, so I've known about McQuaid for years. And then when, when they traded him, if you want every single Bruins blog, broadcast, uh, even the, the, the Bruins themselves, they were they were like so sad that this guy had to go. Um, I, I mean, I love it. I, I love what the Rangers – this is the most excited I've been in a while. And the thing is, is I think if, he, if they fired AV two years ago – I don't know if we'd be having the same conversation right now. I think that guy was terrible, absolutely terrible. The fact that we lost a playoff series to the Ottawa Senators because Mark Stahl and Nick Holden were on the ice back-to-back games because he said, quote-unquote, he lost Shea and Smith on the bench. Uh, I mean, that that was brutal. I like the new coach that they brought in. I, this is the most excited I've been about the Rangers in a while. Right, and obviously with potentially up to a five-year rebuild or maybe – Maybe more, maybe less. It depends on really what happens. It all comes down to conditions. Obviously, yeah. obviously, your main goaltender and your main draw for the entire Rangers organization, for the last I would say, two decades or something like that, or something. has been and for the current foreseeable future is Henrik Lundqvist. Now, especially with a re- with a rebuild that you potentially ha- well that you have on your hands, it might continue on past Hun- Lundqvist's prime. But do you think, as of right now, right before the beginning of this next season, do you think Lundqvist is he's reached? He's kind of gone over the hill. Do you think his prime is over, and or do you think there's something left in the tank that he's still got to offer? So I, th- I'm going to answer this two ways. So I think he has regressed a little bit. I, I, I mean, he's played so many games over the last however many years. Like I don't, I don't know if he's the same Hank. Having said that, he's still Henrik Lundqvist, and I still think there is plenty left in the tank. After this year, we have this prospect. His name's Igor Shishorkin. Wow, Shishorkin or something along those lines. He plays in the KHL. He's supposed to be like our guy in waiting to become the next starting goalie. So I think if you have Henrik Lundqvist locked up for however many years, you bring over this Igor guy. Hank can still play, but even if he gets tired, you can put the other guy in. I think it's almost like the perfect scenario for you young goalie. I mean, he's going to learn from Henrik Lundqvist, right? Like, right. there's not many other goalies I would really want to learn from. And he's supposed to be a stud, so I, I, I don't think his... I think maybe his prime is over, but he can still steal games. He's still a great goalie. And, I mean, it's a shame that we kind of get him a cup, you know, during his prime. But, I, I mean, I still have hope. You never know. We drafted – we had three first-round picks this year. We had two last year. There's going to be free agents. And the one thing about the New York Rangers, which, I mean, compared to the Buffalo Sabres or, like, Arizona, people like to play in New York. Like, it's Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have never been a team that people don't go to to play. So you have all these young – prospects coming up who hopefully turn into something and then you go out and you get a guy like maybe Panarin I was going to say Sagan before he resigned that sucked for me uh but he was going to be mean, a leaf let's be honest he was coming back home to Toronto it's kind of it's, 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 it's a trend it's a trend Sagan Tavares Kadri and uh and Matthews down your middle that 10 year be, dynasty just ringing getting the rings on the fingers here but I, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm pumped I'm really excited to see how the Rangers are going to do this year 
The new coach is the, one of the biggest things for me. The worst thing is Mark Stahl still on the team. If you guys want him, you can have him. We don't want him. No, we, Actually, need, we need a right-handed defenseman. Hey, is Shattenkirk available? Is he available for... I would, I would trade... Well, here's the thing. I would trade Shattenkirk to get prospects, but at the same time, this guy took a hometown discount to play for the Rangers. Right. And I don't think in his mind he thought the hometown discount was going to be for a, a rebuild. Right. So I'm actually a huge Shattenkirk guy. I, I love the fact that he did that. So a conditional seventh for Shattenkirk, you say, okay, that sounds good to me. Um, uh, Shattenkirk, yeah. Shattenkirk and Mark Stahl for, uh, and we'll pay you money. Just take them both. Oh, oh <laughs> hey, I'll, yeah, sure, hey. I mean, um, we'll flip Mark Stahl because we don't want him. Yeah, we'll flip him to Detroit. They need defensemen well, over there. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's, that's, the, that's the thing, dude. There's no team in this league that would take Mark Stahl on his contract. Yeah, no. I think I saw, I saw one of your posts about that. Yeah, you guys don't look too, uh, look too pleased with him. Oh, no, he... Uh, man, Matt Zuro is my favorite player, and I thought about this earlier. Like, do I like Matt's more, or do I dislike Stahl more? And, and like, if you knew me and you knew how much I'm a huge Zuccarello guy, to say that it's even like a thought is huge. That's so I, I can't stand the guy. So, kind of with the Leafs right now, they decided they're not going to have a captain for. I believe this would be the since Fanuf, this would be the third season without a captain. Right, and there is a a group of teams that, like we've talked earlier yeah, today, there's, that there there is a group of players or, excuse me, teams that just do not have a captain this year. Do you think, obviously, you know, you guys lost McDonough last year. Do you think with this rebuild, do the Rangers really need a captain? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think so, honestly. Uh, if Zuccarello was locked up long-term, that'd be something I would love to see. I don't see that happening. Uh, people are talking about Chris Kreider. I hope he has a great year this year. If they gave him the C, I don't think I would be that disappointed because he's tough. He's not He's not really afraid of anybody. But at the same time, I don't think forcing a captain on a team is necessarily the best thing to do. Um, if I if I had to, like if you if you were like, hey, you need to make a captain right now, and Zuccarello wasn't locked up long term, I'd probably give it to Shattenkirk. He's a, vet, he's a veteran player, and, but nobody's really talked about that. But the, the biggest thing he said last year when they were going through stuff is he said that there wasn't enough leadership, like what's going on. And that was when he wasn't with the group. So uh, I, I don't think that they need a captain. Again, if Zuccarello was long-term, I'd give him the C immediately. But right. uh, I, I, I don't see a captain being named. Maybe they do. And, and if they do name a captain, I bet it's like Chris Kreider. Right. So went over all the teams, what to expect from kind of. Now, what do you think we're going to go – what do you think the top four are going to look? So we'll have the three teams that automatically make the playoffs and maybe a wild-card team. And the way the Metro, uh, well, the way the Metro has been, there's been like five teams, so I mean, it could be five. Right. But who do you think the top four in the Metro division are going to be this year? All right, I have uh, the Penguins in order, first to last. Penguins, then the Flyers, then a split between the Caps and the Blue Jackets that could go either way. Mm. And and I have a split between the Rangers and the Hurricanes, and then I have the Islanders last. Yeah, I, I can't agree with the Islanders being last. Yeah. Philly though second. I yeah, I mean, we, the way we talked about them, yeah, they. This team, I think, they got a lot of potential. I don't, I don't know if they're ready to make that leap yet, but they could definitely, in the regular season at least. I don't know about how the pl- the playoffs are a whole different. Oh yeah, game, I completely agree with that. But I mean, I the, the people that they lost compared to who they gained in JVR, I think, I I, I wouldn't want to play the Flyers. Uh, wow, the Flyers. Just the, yeah, their goalie, their goaltending issue is kind of sucks. But I mean, that's why. Well, who do you guys have? Um, I. I would have to agree with you. I think Pittsburgh, and then I want to say Washington just because they're right there, and then I think Philly would go third, and that would be a great series no matter which, no matter right. who has home ice advantage. And then you'd have to say Columbus right now because I feel like the, the Rangers are they're not quite there yet, and the Devils nope. are 
I don't think they can, as much as I, like you said, Taylor Hall is one of the best players in the game. He just won the Hart Trophy. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that miracle run they had again. But then again, like I said, the way this wild card system works, and I've talked about it 100 times over, I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. It helps you helps the Metro Division out quite a bit. but I hate it. It should be how it was, one through eight, one plays eight, two plays seven. I hate this whole Metro Atlantic yeah. thing. They did it, what, to like do rivalries, to like instill more rivalries, but I'm so over that. They need to go back to the old system. Well, if you're going to do rivalries, have them, have them play eight times a year against divisional teams, but... I mean, I th- well, I guess, yeah, I agree with you. Do the eight team and just have, like, one and two be the division leaders and then go from there. Right. Um, yeah, I, I would be completely okay with that. Because then you don't have Toronto-Boston playing, you know, round one. Right, well, because... Yeah. and that's so dumb because they're clearly two of the best teams in the East, and the fact that you have to eliminate one so early, like, get out of here. And the fact that we decided to allow three goals in the third period again, but that's just neither here nor there. I got a lot of pent up aggression here about that. that game. That's fine. That game was horrible. And you guys got Tavares, man. I wouldn't be too too upset right now. We're yeah. optimistic over here. We're we're we'll see, yeah. I'm uh, yeah. I'm not. I've been knocking on wood a lot lately with the stuff I say. But Ked, thank you very much for coming on. Um, like I said, guys, the morning skate. You can definitely check them out. Uh, the, the morning skate. Uh, is it? What's the uh, it's just morningskate.com, right? That's the website, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mor- morning-skate.com, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, morning underscore skate. There you oh, go. Okay. And, yep, you can catch, like I said, catch him on SoundCloud, right here on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Ked, he'll, obviously, he's always joined by his buddy Hal, and definitely great talk to you, Ked. Hopefully we talk to you soon, and uh, maybe we'll uh, talk when we see some Rangers-Leafs games go on. Absolutely, man. I'm in. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Thank you very much, right. Ked. You have a good one. See you guys. Oh, that was that was very that was fun. Yeah, two great guests on a great show. Honestly, well, let's let's. I think we should look over our Metro thing, Alex. I think we, well, we did a little bit with the Atlantic. Let's. Well, what let's, is there to talk? I mean, I mean, then again, per- personally, I didn't get to say my top four, which would have been. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, Alex. <laughs> Philly, watch it, Columbus, and Carolina. Uh, the fact that he said that Carolina wouldn't be the wild card outright is disappointing. Oh, I have the holy cow! Thomas is right. Six thirty on Saturday. Okay. All ah, right. you suck. Well, hey, I just made sure I had it right. Um, but man, now I think you see the Metros. It's, just, it's, it's a it's, weird division, and I, I, and well, it was it was the weirdest thing for the majority of last season. It went Tampa, Boston, Toronto. The entire Metro Division. If you looked at the Eastern Conference standings. We talked about it. We know. Did we, Alex? Yes. We we never did. No. Yeah, we did. And then it was the rest of the Atlantic. But, and I don't, and here's the thing. Like, we talked about the Atlantic, how Buffalo may come up there. Florida should be there. They should, let's be honest. They should be in the mix for a wild card spot. They should be. Right. Them Um, and Carolina. Ooh. Carolina's. Oh, God. That'd be a playoff series I would love to watch. What? Florida Carolina, and Florida. You talk about the least amount of viewership ever. I uh, no, no, no. Listen to me. Screw no, you. No, listen to me. Listen, Alex. Oh, understand. Come on. We talked about this with NBC hundred thousands of times. Ranking the game. Go and watch it. Yes. The the fact that those two markets playing or each listen other, to it right as great as it, yeah because we didn't have video then listen to it. We. It was such a really. There'd be two great teams. Unfortunately, if you're It'd looking at it from so a from a casual fans perspective. You look at them like Florida and Carolina, pish posh. But oh, we see, but it, we see, it. so good. And that's why Alex. Well, like here's like we are. We've mentioned, and there's another podcast out there. 
certain podcasts that say the people that listen to this are either SoundCloud bots or the top 1% of hockey fans. Who? No, I mean, like, the top, like, people that actually really want to watch this. No, who, who, what podcast? Uh, oh, the Steve Dangle podcast. They mentioned how, like, they're the top 1%, and we agree. If you listen, if you go out of your way to listen to a hockey podcast, it is definitely not for our our jokes, that's for sure. No. Not your jokes either. Don't even hey, my jokes are amazing. No, if, you don't, if you don't appreciate it, that is your I don't, problem. I don't appreciate it, and you're right. Except it's not a problem, Alex. I'm okay with it. But what I'm saying is, like, fans that they see, we, like, fans that listen to us, they see... Florida and Carolina, holy cow, a defensive battle against a high-power offensive team against an aging so... goaltender and whoever the heck is better for Carolina. Dude, that'd be a good series to watch. It's like eating a cheesecake. Like, just like regular vanilla cheesecake like, with a brownie on the side. Like Vegas, oh. Vegas, San Jose. If you're looking at it, if you're a casual it's, fan, it's you, see, pretty good. you see Vegas, and you're like, okay, Vegas, yeah, 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 but San Jose, psh, what about that? Well, San Jose... If they hadn't ran to Vegas, they'd be in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. I were. really think so. They possibly could have been in the f- 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 finals. Oh, that would have been Winnipeg, Alex. No. Yep. <laughs> I'm saying... The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets would have won, would have won no. the last. If the Jets and the San Jose Sharks played each other... Okay, not now, not Sharks. right now, not right now. I'm talking last year, Alex. I'm still talking last Not year. after a certain trade that happened this past week. Uh, oh, boy. We're gonna t- Here we go. Oh, should, yeah. Do it. Okay. Eric Carlson. Oh, hey, guys. San Jose Sharks. We're 90 minutes into this episode, pretty much. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the Eric Carlson trade. Um, Good. We're, we're going to talk about it more next week because obviously... Well, we already week, talked about it, but... Oh. It's it's a huge contract. It was literally... It's a huge deal because, well, they, they haven't done a contract with him yet. Uh, they haven't re-signed he him. He signed an he extension. Did. When? Way back when. Here, I'll pull it up right Eric now. Eric Carlson, or are you talking about Pacietti? I'm talking... Because Pat signed. I'm, I'm doing... We're, we're having a race to cat friendly. And the winner is... Crap, where am I going? San Jose. Click it. There it is. Clicked. And... Eric Carlson. This is last year. He has not re-signed yet. I'm right. Don't! Six and a half million still for that next year. Which is ridiculous, which is going to go up by like $4 million. Well, San Jose has well, turned themselves... Well, San tec- Jose has gone from overnight to a good playoff team, top of the division, to, oh my goodness, who are the Winnipeg Jets? All I'm saying is this. Dude, last West year stacked. Last year, There's, San Jose versus Jets, seven games, San Jose wins. This year, San, San Jose, Jose versus wins. Jets, San Jose wins in four. Seven, uh, in four. Four Why? with Carlson, Brent Burns. He's, I mean, Thornton's not who he used to be at all, but still, he's a good player. You've got a Vander Kane who could steal you a game just by the stick. He that is he's a got. little overpaid, though. Let's be honest. I don't care. Don't care. Let it ride. They're and they have a San Jose Sharks. And they have a redonkulously weird goaltending tandem. Martin Jones is secretly one of the top goaltenders if in this the league. San Jose and Sharks. Aaron Dell, Oi. five foot whatever. If the San Jose Sharks make it to the like Stanley Cup playoffs multiple times in the next five years, you mean finals? Th- you said playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs. Oh no, I, I'm sorry. Who do they have to it, compete with, Alex? Edmonton, LA. Ah. LA is going. LA. If, if they, LA makes the playoffs, if they, next year, if they make it to the if week, they make but. it to the pl- in the Stanley Cup finals multiple years, like probably three in the next five years. Uh, yeah, they're basically what used to be the Chicago Blackhawks. They used to be what. Just, Who's got it? We got it. Oh, oh we Doug got Wilson. it. Doug Wilson. Yeah, we got it. I think we should cut it off here because we do talk about the Pacific next week. 
And oh my God. I know it's a big deal. And we're going to, so right now for obviously this week's was the Eastern conference preview. Uh, next week will be our Western conference preview right now. Where we I, only got, well, one. one guaranteed. We have Scott powers from the athletic in Chicago. Uh, he's coming on the show. He'll be talking uh, about shy town, talking about shy town, talking about the central division. It'll be a shorter one. Uh, Cause he's got a, the Hawks have a game next week. Uh, on Tuesday, so we'll tr- it'll be a pre-record probably with him because I mean you know time constraints and we want to have him in and obviously he can't be doing a podcast while he's covering a game if it's eight thirty at night Eastern time so it'd be seven thirty yeah right right puck drop for him but um I'm I we we'll I think I may have a guess for the wet the Pacific I cannot confirm anything yet but it may be possible from what from uh, what market uh San Jose of course oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna try to go with the Bay because there's no way in the world. We need a big fish, and the sharks are a big fish. Yeah, I know what you do. You, you, can, just, you can just pump the brakes right there. Fish Stop that. friends, food. not food. Let's get some friends on the show. Let's go. Hmm. That was a good one. Okay, I'll take that one. Yeah, you're darn um, right. Before we go, I just want to talk about, uh, okay, it happened last Wednesday, um, but the Humble Broncos had their first home game since the Humble tragedy, and it was a great ceremony. And, and they played the team that they were supposed to face. Yep, they played the Nippon, uh Nippon Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the, I thought they were the Falcons. Uh, no, it's the Nippon Chiefs, I swear. Can you look that up for me? I got just want to talk about it. Um, it was really great because Nippon, actually the the eventual uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League champions, it was a great game too. Remember, Kelly was actually like, don't you have to go to work in the morning? I'm like, I don't care. This was a great ho- It was If it had been like a blood of a game, may have gone to sleep, but I, it was 2-1. It was a close game. Declan Hobbs, the Nippon goaltender. He is something. If he hadn't played in the WHL at all and lost his eligibility, I would, if I was an NCAA team, I'd be calling him up at will because he is a pretty good player. I think he'd be a great U-Sports goaltender. He could be. A, he would have been a great uh, collegiate goaltender down here in the States if he had not lost his uh, eligibility. What are you looking at? I'm trying to find the name. Just look up uh, Nippon SJHL. It's easy. Um, but, no, that was a it was a really fun game to watch. They had a great ceremony. And I'd be honest, if I, I'd be lying if I didn't cry. I cried. Kelly yeah, asked me why I was crying. What? The Nippon Hawks. Nippon Hawks. Oh, I thought What did you, you say it was? I wanted to say. I what, thought it was the what, Chiefs. What? I don't know. Me said Falcons. Maybe Falcons. Oh, you had a bird. At least the closer than I had. Bird! A plane! Superman! No, is it a bird's plane? No, it's Superman. I was gonna make a like really the like bad. like the comic. I know. I was just gonna you know. Make, I was just gonna make a really really bad joke. Yeah, about, we don't have time for bad jokes about saving and stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't think this is our longest episode we've ever done. Oh. I'm trying to time it out on our thing. Well, how long is it? Well, it says over two hours, but then again, we have like all of our B-roll stuff, like that we were doing before before we went live. Uh, it's, so it's I probably st- about it's, it's I'd still, say about an hour and a half. No, I give an hour forty five. It was a longer episode, and I knew it was going to be a longer episode. And thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, if you open, did. If should, you did. I should mention, okay, I'll address the elephant in the room. Yes, this is a different set we have here. We are in Studio B. Yes. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know where it is in our house. Um, the reason why is because in the basement, we don't have cell reception down there. We wouldn't be able to talk to guests. No. So um, so it'll be this way next week. Uh, I don't think we'll have a guest on before the first game. Because we'll be doing it the Tuesday before this. Probably not. So, yeah, because our our, la- our last show before but. the season starts will be actually the night before. Unless someone finally re- uh, responds to my email. We'll see. Hopefully. Probably not. All we'll say is I this. I hopes up on that one. All we'll say is this. 
This was a great episode. I think this will actually went as... The past couple times where I say, we're going to have a great episode today, and you're like, are we going to have a great episode? Are we? I think this was a good episode. No, this was a great episode. This was a great episode. We had phenomenal intake uh, from, from... Thomas. From Ted. Thomas. Ted. Beyondo. Who just notified me that, yes, uh, 6.30 is the actual game time on Saturday. At so Patterson I Ice Rink, T1. And then okay. obviously... Okay, these people don't know. The people that listen in San Jose, they don't know where Patterson is. However, you can follow the Davenport Athletic Network and watch us on Saturday at 6.30. Yep. There's my plug. Yep. Um, and then obviously having Ked from uh, Morning Skate. That was, a, yeah, he was, uh, that was a great talk to him. I've, great uh, energy He, he actually followed me when I was really writing my blog. They, that, they, that, at least their Twitter feed followed me, and I was really concerned. I think it was after I did the March of the Metro article I was talking about. Um, probably. That's probably what hooked him in. That may have been. Hey, we have another guy that's not from New York that's talking about well, New York. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I really, I, I, I do want to write more. It's just, I work so much. You know what? I, Some things have to suffer. And if you're we're obviously doing this and then you're working at your day job and then obviously working. I trust me, trust me when I say it, I've thought about this before and don't, I don't want you to comment. I know you're going to say, I've really considered trying to go for it and just, you know, quitting and then going for it. And I know what you're going to say, I know that'd be dumb. Yes, it'd be dumb, Alex. No, excuse me, I'm Alex Kuehl. Tyler, that'd be dumb. You'd be stupid to do that. You need the money. And I'd be like, you're right, You Alex. didn't even do it in my voice. Who cares? Your voice is almost, it's sort of is similar to mine. Not really. Well, yes, because you're very, excuse me, let me get my basic been, Instagram. I'm... Let me do a basic Instagram post. Okay. You didn't do the you... right face. <laughs> Who cares what your face is? I'll do... But no. I, I would love to write more and because I, I really do like writing. It's so much fun to write because then you get to talk about more. Obviously, it's easier to say the words. That's why we do this, obviously. That's the thing, though, Ty. You're you're less of a writer. You're more of a talker. I, but I like writing, though. It's so relaxing. Like, I remember the last couple articles I did. I, I remember when I was doing, like, two articles a week. I was struggling to get a 1,000 words. I did one article. I did, it like, an hour and a half, 1,000 words. I can spew those out if I had just the time and the energy. The fact that I was able to get this, we got, we did this episode, ah, it's a miracle. And also, kudos on you for, because my title of the host is, yes, I'm the host. I'm the guy that moves things along, and you're the insider to the insider. But for everyone listening, listening at home or watching on your laptops or wherever the, this guy right here, he puts in the time and yep. the effort behind the scenes. Don't do this. No. Don't you butter my I'm, scone. You, I'm going to butter your scone you a little bit. You need an air pump to pump my gosh darn ego right now. I'm just Don't saying. Don't do that. This guy right here puts in a lot of effort. And You're making me blush. I hate let's, this. Let's get, let's get a nice little round of applause here. Oh, right, right there. Right uh. there. Right there. This guy right here, he puts in the time and effort. And this is all. And everything that we do here is for you guys. Not, yes, it's, it's on not top, for us. Well, okay. On top of ourselves, because we like doing this, and maybe it'll lead somewhere. Probably, I mean, probably odds are no, but we, I love, mean, we love doing this. We could just we could sit in in a room together or playing NHL, just talking about hockey by ourselves. Air in this place, that'd be great. We have great inter- air I'm conditioning. I'm sweating right it's now. It's the fact that I've got a beautiful candle going right now. Yes, yeah, it's right next to me. Yeah, it's burning my chops. As hot. I'm, I'm sweating. But everywhere. needless to say. We do this for you, and we do this for the game of hockey. Is this like a going home episode or something? We have we have more stuff before the hockey season starts. I'm going to bed. That's uh, what this is the going to bed episode. Oh yeah, you're going to bed, and I'm going downstairs and editing this thing, which is I'm I'm excited. I was I was really happy. So this was a fun episode. 
Um, I think you'll be blessed more than any of our viewers because you'll get to listen to this twice. Once when you're saying it, second time when you're editing it, slash how many ever times you listen to it. Well, I just hope and pray. I mean, I have to edit the part uh, after we talk Thomas or whatever and stuff like that, but I, I listen Which to it. Which we will all com- we will comply, or we will all put together the blooper reel. Of we will do the blooper everything. reel eventually. Um, maybe Christmas. Or no, Chris- uh, maybe for Denver, when I leave for Denver. So like, so I have a week off. We'll do a we'll do it as a Christmas special. All the bloopers. We'll see. the blooper reel. We'll see. Maybe, well, I think. Well, if we're not gonna do a Denver episode, when I'm in Denver, I could totally do it. By the way. Oh, have have you call in? No, you call in to me. I'd bring the stuff with me. All right. Because I, I well, I'd either probably, or I'd probably bring my laptop because I have stuff to do. Anyways, we'll figure that out. Um, Alex, take us home because you do the you do the outros. I'll take us home and I'll put myself to bed. As always, thank you so much for listening or watching if you're watching on YouTube oh. at The Keel Podcast. Yeah, put it right there. Right up in there. I'm by pointing right. Put you up can there. barely see. Yeah, with, right up there. With the Frogger sound effect. And then, wait, wait, hold on. Get rid of that. And then follow us here. Right there. Right. Uh, TJ. You can follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitters and stuff. Yep, you can follow us there because I think our art. Is your Twitter handle, is, is your Instagram the same as your I Twitter? I think so. I think mine is too. Um, obviously if you want, you know, you want to be in the conversation, you can either add us at the kill podcast. You can do hashtag the kill podcast, hashtag T, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag TKP. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening and watching. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Turn off your TV. Turn it off.